Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over the Bitch, you got coronavirus. Is, is really usually like unfailingly polite um, and very personable. And she wasn't even really talking to me. She was opening up doors. And I was like, can I help you? Like, what are you looking for? And she said, I'm looking for where I'm going to hide. All of a sudden, I hear boom, boom, boom on my door. Huge, violent bangs. And I just hear, where is she? Where is she? And um, this was the moment where I thought everything was over. These are the same tactics of abusers. Trauma compounds on each other. All I could do is thank Allah that I wasn't here and I feel bad for Alexandria so many of my colleagues that were here. I doubt it. You are fake news. Great story. Compelling and rich. Very fake news. Go home, bitch. The American people are tired of women. I agree with that. And also big ups to Rebecca for keeping that woke. <laughs> All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. All right, go, go. Ten, five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone about that. People often do, I'm told. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for patience with a delayed stream tonight. Uh, I had a fantastic Super Bowl super spreader event. There were snack buffets. Chips were double dipped. No grandmas survived the night's events. We killed them all on site. But uh, plenty of news to discuss tonight. As always, uh, by the way, I'm monitoring the stream feeds. It's not sending to DLive right now. I don't know if DLive finally like had enough of us or what. They suck. I but don't care. I can't... Uh, I can't get it to run on DLive. So I apologize to our DLive viewers. I've put it in the chat. Trovo is up and running if you're looking for an alternative. But just be aware, DLive is, uh, I don't know. Maybe they've had enough of this stream once and for all. Show it. Yep. Uh, Matt Palumbo from uh, BonginoReport.com will join me later in the show to discuss his new book, Dumb and Dumber, How Cuomo and de Blasio Ruined New York. Great to talk with him. But before (laughs) we uh, get to that... Alexandria Ocasio-Smollett, as she was dubbed in the Twitter trends, uh, insists, of course, that she nearly died at the Capitol raids. And if you have questions, you're basically a sexual assaulter. That was the story early in the week. And, and since she's doubled down and she has some uh, she has some defenders as well. Did you see Rashida Tlaib in, in yeah. the house? <laughs> Great acting job. Fantastic. Yeah. So we'll check in with uh, what's been going on in uh AOC world and 
The big story of later in the week and into the weekend is Time Magazine basically laughing at all of us as they publish this this story explaining how a, I guess, a benevolent cabal, and that's their language, a cabal fortified, also their language, a cabal fortified the election for the proper outcome. But don't worry, Susan, that's that's not rigging. Let's be clear. That's fortifying. And speaking of fortification, the Gateway Pundit releases some footage of a, I guess, a fortification van in Detroit. Early morning hour fortification van. That's getting that's getting swept off the Internet as we speak, too. Plus, uh, the military is cracking down on Pepe. You cannot post a Pepe meme and expect to serve honorably in our armed forces or soon. That may be the case. And uh, what year is it? (laughs) Yeah, I don't do people. Is Pepe still uh I enjoy a good Pepe, but I'm not the greatest uh, memeology expert. It feels like Pepe is a little bit dated at this point. Yeah. What is it? 2016? Yeah. Is, that, is that the was that the year of Pepe? Yeah, that was when Hillary Clinton came out and gave the Pepe as a hate hate symbol type speech. Remember that? She gave a whole speech yeah, on that. We one. were in our 20s then. That's how long ago that. it was. And the, but yeah. they're cracking down. Mm-hmm. And a uh, a racial justice slam poetry event gets zoom bombed. Did you happen to find the images that they posted? Damn it. No, I really wish I could have because I'm sure they were uh, hilarious, but they turned them right over to the state and I couldn't find anything Damn. online. Well, we'll yeah. we'll check in. Plus, we have an update on a hoax hate story from the past. And we'll check in with Super Chats on YouTube and Streamlabs. We like to interact with our DLive audience, but that looks like it's banned now. So I don't know. We'll have to see if we can get that updated. But DLive is axed for the minute. Um, Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good. Lowdown money grabbers of course it will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material remember you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website that's mattchristensenmedia.com one of the many things we have featured over on the website is special deals and offers from our friendly listener owned businesses of course this week's feature business is our friends at hero soap company do you love freedom Do you love being clean? Then you'll love Hero Soap Company. Made in the USA. Chemical and fragrance free. A portion of each purchase donated to veteran and first responder charities. Initial subscription purchase is matched bar for bar and sent overseas to deploy troops. Let freedom clean. Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you give Hero Soap Company a try, not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only are you supporting American military on deployment, but... You also get uh, Hero Soap sent straight to your door when you subscribe. You won't have to remember to go to the store. You'll never forget soap at the store again. You'll get a great, great smelling product shipped straight to your door. Uh, And now Hero Soap is offering liquid body wash options, if that is your preference as well. So let Freedom Clean listeners of this show get 10% off all Hero Soap products using promo code MCLISTENER. You can find everything you need from Hero Soap, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Charity Swipes, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals for listeners by listeners we had uh, a, a spree of meetups this week as well that's good yeah. to see um this was uh dayton ohio and not only will you notice the signs here about matt and i once making love and of course i, I had to send this picture to a, our friend michael schlecht longtime listener and supporter because he is now a meme of the show along with epitome <laughs> the epitome of michael schlecht yes i know it's an mm. i know it's epitome don't send me an email that's the joke 
the epitome of Michael Schlecht. Well. So I want you guys in Dayton to know Michael Schlecht has been informed of your uh, your appreciation, and he appreciates it as well. Uh, there's a story with this as well. I, I guess a bunch of the women in particular that you see here, because this is a very demographically represented group. It is. Apparently, a, a, an employee at this establishment, this bar, whatever this is, thought that they were Q. And so they were the, the an employee and a patron, like some other person there at the bar, were talking about this group until this older man in a mask approached the group and asked, are you guys Q? And it got a little bit hostile because they asked Seriously? them if they were Trump. This is what was claimed to me in email. I don't know. They should have said we're all Q. They they denied it, I guess. But uh, elderly man in a mask got confrontational with them, I guess. That's horseshit. Hmm. That's what that's crazy. Can you imagine going up to a group of people and being like, are you Q? <laughs> No, I cannot. But I uh, hate to point out my own joke, but did the live chat get that I just made like a really deep Star Trek reference right there? Did you guys get it? I, of course, did not know because I don't know pop culture references in general, but particularly Star Mm. Trek references. Well, a good group of normal looking people. That's what I like to see in Cincinnati, too. Yes. Uh, Good. Good looking meetup in Cincinnati. Glad you guys had fun. We had a meetup in uh, Connecticut nice like to see that and then there was a big group in san diego and of course (laughs) they have the masks are stupid uh mayoral campaign masks which uh, i was sent one of these as well so uh glad to see that um and glad to see you guys are all having fun if you're interested in finding fellow listeners of the show that's on the community page of the website mattchristensenmedia.com slash community and one other quick announcement before we hop into some news items um speaking of features on the website we actually have the uh, merch store integrated into the website now. So if people are wanting to buy T-shirts, mugs, whatever you might be looking for, that's all integrated into the website, com slash shop. You can pick up that stuff there. And I had a lot of requests for legacy items, like old items with the old Beauty and the Beta branding. So if that is uh, what you're looking for, that's still up and available. You can pick that up if you would like. Wow. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, I had the merch stuff like tucked away forever. It was like this unknown link deep in the description. And if you knew it was there, it was there. I'm glad to have it integrated in the website. And I hope uh, that's useful for those of you guys looking to buy merch. And thank you if you do. And then um, last thing, no decision. We haven't made any decision on Super Chat yet. We've talked about it a little bit this week. But given that tonight's show is kind of an odd one with the Super Bowl and stuff, we're not going to. We're not going to change things tonight. I think it's fair to say just in general that you and I are probably leaning more toward like a hard out time. Um, but we haven't made any final decisions on that. And of course, I appreciate everybody who's sent uh, sent emails with thoughts because everybody there's there's been a lot of creative thought on this. And, uh, it, it, you know, as we discussed last week, we want to be fair in, in our process um, to our chatters while also keeping a show that's content guided and and keeping ourselves sane <laughs> in under in an under three hour production. So that uh, we'll continue to work on that and maybe we'll have an answer for it next week. Anyway, if you are eager to see what happens on the, uh, the stimulus front, if you can't wait for your Biden bucks, you might get your Biden bucks very soon. If you're last. Uh, oh, last... great. I'm almost happy. He's president or something. <laughs> meager payout. Uh, well, if you can't wait for your, your pile of, uh, inflated dollars to pay for your, uh, way more expensive gasoline, then you're in luck. Get ready. 1400 Biden bucks may be coming your way soon. And sure, Joe Biden may have promised $2,000 
now he says that the $600 Trump bucks from Christmas time count towards the $2,000 total. Okay, that's convenient. And sure, um, Captain Unity has been scheming for ways to get this done with absolutely zero Republican uh, input or support at all. In fact, uh, Kamala cast her first tie-breaking vote in the Senate to proceed uh, in in uh, to to authorize this getting done through a budget reconciliation process so they don't have to worry about any republican filibusters they don't have to worry about any republican input whatsoever they'll just cram down another multi-trillion dollar spending bill down our throats and that will save us from uh the virus with the 99.6 percent uh, survival rate Jeez. negotiations are ongoing uh house leadership says they expect to pass a stimulus bill by february 22nd that's uh, two weeks from tomorrow and the senate would presumably follow but of course, the Senate has much more important things to worry about, like the sham impeachment of a former president, which, of course, is uh, coming up starting Tuesday. Uh, if the uh, impeachment trial for Trump will officially begin Tuesday and process questions like how long it will go and whether any witnesses will be called are still unanswered. Uh, House Democrats on Thursday sought testimony from Trump himself, which would have been wildly entertaining, but Trump's legal team rejected that immediately. Um, but given the realities of, of Trump no longer being in office and most Republicans viewing the process as unconstitutional and Democrats not wanting to be seen as prioritizing this impeachment effort over stimulus effort, it is expected that this trial is going to be shorter than the first Trump trial, which was three weeks. And so it appears that this is going to basically go nowhere and wrap up quickly. But I, you know I just, though? yeah, you know I, they have nothing else to talk about. They're they're going to drag this on for as long as they possibly can. As long as they can keep Trump in the media, they can continue blaming the failing economy and other problems yeah. that they have on him. That's as soon as he leaves, thought. Biden's going to have to take some hits. Well, that's never going to happen. So. And they got to be up to something. Like they they know all of this. I'm not breaking any news to anybody, let alone Democratic political operatives. They have an aim here. What yeah. is it that they're trying to achieve? What are they trying to do? There's an angle that they have with this impeachment trial. We will have to see. And for a moment, it appeared that Trump himself had chimed in on impeachment. It was thought that Trump had posted to Gab. That was reported over the weekend. So everyone thought, oh, Trump's back on social media. No, that's actually not what happened. There's a Donald Trump mirror account on Gab that, right. that CEO yeah. Andrew Torba had set up. That was It's all of Trump's tweets as a backlog. And all they did was tweet out a statement from Trump's legal team about impeachment, calling it um, a publicity stunt. It was thought that that came from Trump. It was not from Trump. Trump is not on Gab at the moment. Uh, but um, Jason Miller, a senior Trump advisor speaking with Breitbart, says that Trump is considering launching his own social media platform soon. Now, Miller did not describe what the platform would look like. And here's the part of the story that I thought was the lame. They, they didn't have a name for it. The story says, oh, it'll be called something like Trumper. The obvious name is Trumpet. Call it Trumpet. Just think of the branding yeah. it has a little trumpet and it's got like a sound thing coming. You can make it look like Twitter, but it's trumpet. It's not Trumper. Like who, who is he paying for <laughs> for his branding? I don't know. We'll see if uh, with if trumpet or Trumper ever becomes a reality. It won't. He's just going to play golf. Yeah, maybe. No, because I've been thinking about it. He was a part of all of this. Now he's uh, Trump. Trump is part of the deep state conspiracy. Well, I mean, we we somehow came to believe that this multi-billionaire playboy that's been rubbing elbows with all of these terrible 
Hollywood elite types for decades and decades is going to be the savior of a the, of the republic? Why? I'm just getting really conspiratorial about all this. I'm like, maybe that was the ammo. Maybe that was the long game. Maybe Trump was the long game. Uh, maybe yeah. Maybe Trump was part of the whole the, the conspiracy the whole time. Is what you're saying? I don't. I don't know. Well, I just think he's more of a deep state creature than than we thought hmm. before, which is also what I, consequently what I'm thinking about Tucker Carlson now too. So maybe <laughs> I've just gone too far. Well, this is this is kind of like uh, your quote, my favorite quote of you from last week, or was that Wednesday? Maybe it was Wednesday. You said, "Would I know if I'm a Fed?" <laughs> I know. Would <laughs> yeah. I am I a Fed? <laughs> right. This is the this is the train of thought that you're on right now. Hmm. Okay, uh, what else we got? Oh, um, last week we talked a little bit of Marjorie Taylor Greene. And yeah. uh, they were talking about trying to kick her out of Congress entirely. That didn't happen and it won't happen, at least uh, for these particular infractions. But they did claim the scalp of her committee assignments. So the House voted her off of uh, her committee assignments with 11 Republicans joining all Democrats to do that. Now, of course, it's just fine that Eric Swalwell bangs Chinese spies and he can sit on the Intel committee. It's just fine that Ilhan Omar supports ISIS recruits coming out of Minneapolis. She can sit on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Either the answer has to be that we're not going to do that. We're not going to use committee assignments as a political weapon in this way, or that we need to apply that standard much more evenly. We'll see which direction we go, or maybe neither. Maybe Democrats just get that weapon, but nobody else does. But um, Republican Representative Mike Rogers of Alabama, the ranking member on the House Armed Services Committee, He's saying now that this now that this is a precedent, it's got to be more evenly applied. He was on local radio and he said, I hate what they're doing uh, with Marjorie Taylor Greene because it's just a terrible pres- uh, precedent. They're trying to hold something somebody said before they were in Congress and um, and take their seats away. Plus, we have never allowed in the history of the Congress the majority party to decide what committee what committees minority parties are in. It's always been each party decided for themselves. This is terrible precedent, but I can, I can just tell you if they go and do this, we've made it clear to them in 22 months when we're in the majority, we're going to do the exact same thing to them. Uh, They've got more nuts than we've got. That's, (laughs) that's kind of a weird way to phrase. They've got more crazy people than we've got. It sounds like he's saying they've got more balls than we've got when you say it that way. But yeah, should have used another another word. We're going to take them off their committees for the crazy stuff they've said as well. So I wonder if this is going to become a dynamic in in future congresses. Are we just going to have committee assignment warfare? And isn't that what we're already doing with select people, not with everybody? Well, yeah, we're never going to be able to hand this back to the left because they think that all of their Marxist rhetoric is totally logical yeah and they're not embarrassed by it um they're shameless you can't shame the shameless it's not gonna happen yeah i suppose not uh last item before we talk about uh, aoc a little bit johnson and johnson is looking to become the third vaccine on the market they're seeking a, uh, emergency fda approval in the coming weeks and as these vaccines become more widely available uh, don't think that you're going to get back any uh, any sense of normality anytime soon. Uh, Jen Circleback Saki says there will be no circling back to normal life. Even if or when you get the vaccine, you're still going to have to wear a mask and socially distance. It's not just a vaccine as obviously a, an incredible medical breakthrough. Um, and we want every American to have one. But even after you're vaccinated, uh, social distancing, wearing masks are going to be essential. And we'll, we'll, we'll need to continue communicating about that through health and medical experts. 
Okay, so <laughs> don't get the vaccine and wear a mask and socially distance or get the vaccine and wear a mask or socially distance or don't do any of those things. Start living your life normally and give Jen Psaki the finger. <laughs> those are your options. Oh, yikes. I, I, I just that's I don't even understand it. I don't understand that from a scientific perspective, because that means the vaccines aren't really doing anything. I don't understand yeah. that from a PR perspective, because the logical conclusion for anyone who's on the fence about getting the vaccine, if assuming you're a healthy person, why the hell would I get the vaccine? Then the bargain was supposed to be sacrifice things in my life until we all develop herd immunity. And then we go back to normal. And you're telling me it doesn't matter if we have, or at least are approaching herd immunity. You still have to do this bullshit. You still do it. Why would anybody bother? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But, um, I want to talk a little AOC cause I loved this story this week. There's some newer updates later in the week, but by now you've uh, you've all heard at least some of the uh, the tearful saga of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or at least this particular tearful saga. She has a few at this point. Um, now, of course, even even uh, though her story doesn't really add up, she is sticking with it. She's doubling down. And if you have any questions, you're um, you're basically a victim shaming pseudo rapist. Uh I love that part of the story. Don't don't question my story or you're just like my abusers. By the way, I got raped one time. I haven't told anyone that and I don't really except for this Instagram stream. Yeah. I get it. There's a lot of people saying like, oh, don't don't question that. There's a very serious topic. Don't question what she says about her sexual assault. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I just I think it's. I think it's very weird to say I've been very private about being sexually assaulted until the very moment that it was politically opportune to say yeah. it on a stream to thousands of people. That that strikes me as very convenient, and it sounds more like probably someone touched your boob in college in passing once. Who didn't touch? Who? No, no. Everybody <laughs> got their boob touched in college. By this definition of sexual assault, that statistic that we've heard that like three out of four women have been sexually assaulted. True. <laughs> oh yeah yeah well you know they play with those definitions to get the the statistics that they want to to write the, that sort yeah. of narrative so i don't know i the, we'll we'll get into that a little bit more but the context here she gets she gets on her instagram stream on monday night and delivers all sorts of grandiose claims about fearing for her life at the capitol riot and um and she says that uh, apparently this is the first time she's ever said said publicly i'm a sexual assault survival survivor here's what all of a sudden i hear boom 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 on my door huge violent bangs and i just hear where is she where is she and um this was the moment where i thought everything was over. I mean, I thought I was going to die. These are the same tactics of abusers. And um, I'm a survivor of sexual assault. Um, and I haven't told many people that in my life. Um, Except for all of you. <laughs> when we go through trauma, trauma compounds on each other. Okay. Uh, in in a little bit of fairness to AOC, she never, as far as I've heard, she never on the stream actually claims that she was in the Capitol at the time. Although there's was, a strong <laughs> suggestion there. Come on. One would uh, assume 
based on her description, but uh, she never stated it explicitly. The claim is she was, I guess, in her office and then ultimately sought safety in the office of Katie Porter, a California congresswoman. And both of these offices are in office buildings adjacent to the Capitol, but not within it. How um, close? I don't think it's that close. It's like a quarter mile. I mean, we're talking about like not directly across the street, but almost it, it's a five minute walk. You know, it's not um, it. it's it. According to this map, mm. it's literally right across the street. But there's kind of a there's a you know, there's capital lawns and things like that in between the old David Hogg. Well, it is funny that uh, we talked a little David Hogg last week. And as we'll get to in a minute, David Hogg came to her defense as fellow person who is within the general vicinity of danger that he's trying to politically maximize. So yes, David Hogg will, uh, will get involved in this. Um, but yeah, so, so she at least gives the impression that she was in some kind of, um, immediate danger, bang, 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 people coming after me, looking for me. And then, uh, the, the news comes out that, Oh, she was in this office building. She wasn't in the Capitol and, and AOC, uh, replies on Twitter to fact checks like this one and says, uh, well actually, okay. So I wasn't, I wasn't in the Capitol building, but it's all part of the same Capitol complex. Cause there are tunnels that connect Come these things. On. And so points of fact, and she also points to the bombs, the bombs that were in the Capitol office buildings. Okay. So points of fact, uh, number one, we don't know who placed these alleged bombs. She just infers Trump supporters and says it was them, but that's not established. We don't know who did that. We know there were left-wing people. We have no idea what's going on with these bombs. She just assigns them to Trump supporters without evidence. These tunnels, uh, it's still a long distance away, and those tunnels are actually manned by Capitol policemen, so they're protected, they're guarded. The office buildings she's talking about, those were never breached by a single rioter. So the bang, 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 where is she? That was a Capitol policeman looking for her to provide her with safety. What an asshole, right? So, and and a lot of the defenders of AOC have been saying, um, well, okay, but that's how she felt. She felt afraid. Maybe it was not rational, but she's entitled to how she feels. Well, she is. Who's saying that? Defenders. Defenders of her. (laughs) I don't want to put anyone on blast, but they're out there. Um. Yeah, so she's entitled to to the way she feels. Okay, but we can compare that to other people in the same situation. And this this interview with Katie Porter, this congresswoman in whose office AOC sought refuge is very interesting because Katie Porter is trying to describe herself trying to help or take care of AOC. And that's supposed to be supportive of AOC's story, I guess. But what you'll hear is Katie Porter being like, yeah, I don't know. This bitch was kind of acting crazy. What, what, what can I say? Here's what she said. She, you know, she saw me um, she, and we waved. I went into my office and a couple seconds later, she knocked and she said, you know, could we could we come in? And I said, of course. And Alex is, is really usually like unfailingly polite um, and very personable. And she wasn't even really talking to me. She was opening up doors. And, and I was like, can I help you? Like, what are you looking for? And she said, I'm looking for where I'm going to hide. I was saying, well, don't worry. I'm a mom. I'm calm. I've got everything here we need. We could live for like a month in this office. And she said, I just hope I get to be a mom. I hope I don't die today. She was wearing um, heels. And I remember her saying to me, I knew I shouldn't have worn heels. How am I going to run? And we went and we found her a pair of sneakers to wear from one of my staffers. Oh my gosh. I love that part of the story. Hey, you, you dumb intern. AOC doesn't want to die, so give us your shoes. Give us your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Her life is way more important. 
Yeah. Okay. But that's what's interesting about this account is Katie Porter is supposed to be, and you can hear, she she is trying to be supportive of AOC, but what's she actually saying? I was there and this, this chick was really freaked out and I don't understand why she was freaked out. Yeah. I didn't get it, but okay. I'm trying to help her out. This lady obviously did not share the same hysteria that AOC shared, which would imply AOC's fears were exaggerated um, or she's just a crazy person. So um, that's that's kind of the, the those are the points of fact on this. But for AOC, you have a couple problems. You have the points of fact that don't necessarily line up with your fear. You're entitled to fe- to feel your fear if you want. But the facts kind of cut against it. The other problem for AOC is um, even if it was actually as dangerous as and as scary as she says it was, you still have the the problem of hypocrisy of ignoring and in some cases outright celebrating this exact sort of rioting for years. Um, so, you know, when AOC is threatened, it's, it's just like rape, but when you're threatened, you know, you live in Minneapolis, you live in Seattle, you're one of the other DC businesses that was rioted and uh, the, the riots destroyed or damaged earlier this year. Who cares? That's AOC's not threatened in this that case. Such typical histrionics from her. <laughs> Uh, she, she's really good at working up a tear though. I'll give her that. I think that was Rashida almost to, believable. Rashida's a little bit better as we'll get I to. I think in so a, too. Rashida's yeah. was incredible. Yeah. But okay. So now Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is so afraid of rioting. It, it terrifies her. She's afraid she'll never be a mom. Okay. Recall not long ago, AOC was refusing to condemn Antifa firebombing an ice facility in Tacoma, Washington. And why is this relevant to AOC? Because... AOC at the time had called border facilities concentration camps, which was language that was specifically cited in that attacker's manifesto. Here was some of that. Will you condemn Antifa for the attack in Washington? It's easy to condemn a terrorist attack. Will you be condemning Antifa? They firebombed an American facility. Will you condemn them? Do you feel like you have some responsibility in the attack with your rhetoric about concentration camps? Are you responsible? Do you feel ashamed? No answer. And then someone finally did pin her on this later. And she said that some some communities have no choice but to riot because they're marginalized. So if you're a marginalized illegal immigrant or if you're in Black Lives Matter, well, you're mar- because you're marginalized, you're justified in rioting or you have no choice to at least. But how could uh, Trump supporters are marginalized in many ways? You get attacked if you wear a red hat. Yeah. You, they want to make the case um, rightly or wrongly that they've been electorally marginalized by a uh, fraudulent election, which I would never say, Susan, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Why, if you're marginalized in that way, why aren't you justified in rioting? It just seems, oh, if you're marginalized in a way in which AOC sympathizes, then your riot will be uh, will be supported or at least looked past. Now, that wasn't that wasn't all of it. Of course, recall last spring as Minneapolis was rioting, AOC said, if you don't support her politics, you have no business calling for an end to the violence. If you're trying to call for the end of unrest, but you don't believe healthcare is a human right, if you're afraid to say black lives matter, if you don't 
if you're too scared to call out police brutality, then you aren't asking for an end of unrest. You are asking for injustice to continue and for your people to continue to endure the violence of poverty, the violence of a lack of housing access, the violence of police brutality, and not say a damn thing. Oh, whatever. Behind every hot woman that's running her mouth like this is a dude like Copper Cab that's not getting his woman under control. <laughs> like, yeah. What is going on here? That was just nonsense. It's like, oh, I want to go back to a society where we don't listen to women that look like this. <laughs> well, it's an inability to see the reverse of her argument. Why Why can't I say, hey, if you're not if you're not calling for investigations into ele- election it- integrity, uh, you have no business calling for an end to the unrest. Because- yeah, but political violence is never the answer. She will say that in the next sentence. Like, here are 10 yeah. reasons that the political violence is, uh, is justified. Yeah, but political violence is never the answer. Like, all right. I'm AOC. I'm so afraid of rioting. But you know, what if you're one of the what if you're one of the DHS employees in Tacoma? What if you're one of the the Minneapolis businesses, which, by the way, included a body charred so significantly, I don't think that they even identified who that person is killed by this sort of thing. No sympathy for that. And then recall uh, later last summer when Chaz was getting people killed in Seattle and uh, Black Lives Matter at the time was demanding that white people surrender their homes. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> AOC was asked point blank, hey, what do you think about um, Black Lives Matter trying to ordering white people to surrender their homes in uh, in Seattle? And her response was, uh, hey, since this is happening in Seattle, I don't have as close of a view on what's happening. Of course, I represent New York's 14th congressional district. So I don't know the details on the protests that are going on. In what other context does not does her does something happening not happening in her district stop AOC from from commenting on an issue for example she's all about this border stuff concentration camps on the border well you don't represent a border district seems weird that you don't pine on that very convenient cop out and i I get it sometimes things are going on you're not following what exactly is happening i understand but it's it all adds up to a very convenient pattern of violence and rioting are okay when it serves my purposes but when it when even a whiff of it uh, strikes me then it's the end of the earth and it's i was basically right yeah. yeah but she was somebody touched her boob in college <laughs> i i really want to know the uh the full story i i i hope we get another stream where that uh the the full story is described i want to know exactly what happened i don't care you wouldn't want to listen to the description i don't know i'm so checked out that i don't know that outside of this show i'm not sure that i could even get myself into the mentality where I would watch something. Like that. I'll definitely, shit. I'll have a listen when it comes <laughs> to out. the laws. Yeah. Then recall as recently as December, AOC was responding to criticism of violent left-wing riots saying, quote, the whole point is to make people uncomfortable to folks, yeah. folks who complain about protests and make their, uh, to folks who complain that protests make others uncomfortable. That's the point. So the point is to make, Ordinary citizens in Minneapolis uncomfortable, ordinary citizens in Seattle uncomfortable, federal employees in Tacoma uncomfortable. But if you make AOC uncomfortable, that's rape. You're just like the guy that raped her in college. Allegedly. Allegedly. I wonder if it was Copper Cab. Do you think it was him? I doubt that he that he would do that. He'd probably (laughs) just want to cuddle you. Well, that can be rape, too. (laughs) Under certain circumstances. So. 
AOC has problems of fact. She has problems of philosophical consistency, but that's not going to stop her defenders uh, from backing the narrative. And of course, uh, they will double down on it. Now, first was I guess it wasn't first chronologically, but the first one I want to talk about is Rashida Tlaib, because like I said, this is this is one of the best acting performances I've seen in Congress in some time. She um, she gives this incredibly dramatic, tearful performance on the House floor. And she, Rashida Salib, thanks a law. She was not at the Capitol that day. Thank a law, Rashida. So what happened on January 6th, all I could do was thank a law that I wasn't here. I felt overwhelming relief. And I feel bad for Alexandria, so many of my colleagues that were here. And I have to tell you, the trauma from just being here, existing as a Muslim is so hard. But imagine my team, which I lovingly just adore. They are diverse. I have LGBTQ staff. I have a beautiful Muslima that wears her hijab proudly in the halls. I have black women that are so proud to be here to serve their country. And I worry every day for their lives. I know they're proud to serve a country that's trying to lynch them every day or something like that. Yeah, really. Okay. Please tell me more about how things are better in any Muslim country for you people. <laughs> God. And the, the weird thing there is, um, it, as far as I understand, I didn't listen to all hour, the whole hour and a half of AOC's stream, but I don't think she ever claimed in there that she was targeted because she's a woman of color. They didn't bring this intersectional angle into it. But Rashida Tlaib gets up there and says, like, I got a black guy. I got a queer. I got a Muslim chick. I got the whole... You know, I got the whole uh, comic book character cast yeah. of uh, diversity superheroes. Just a bizarre thing. And for her to for her to maintain, not maintain composure because she's crying, but you know what I mean? Stay in character while listing off all that stuff seriously. Yeah. I mean, that phenomenal performance. I don't know. She must believe it. Maybe. Maybe it's totally sincere. AOC also gave a floor speech and um, appeared on CBS this morning to address this criticism that she exaggerated her account. Here are those uh, those clips. Some are already demanding that we move on or worse, attempting to minimize, discredit or belittle the accounts of survivors. Sadly, this is all too often what we hear from survivors of trauma as the reason why they don't get care, that what they experienced wasn't bad enough or too bad to talk about, or that they are afraid of being invalidated, accused of exaggeration, or making a mountain out of a molehill. It's unfortunately kind of the the spring to deny and to politicize our accounts was something that that I sat with. And it was a big reason why, um, you know, on top of making sure that we could clear our story due to security concerns, it was also a reason why I sat on that, on my story as well. You know, so many survivors fear being publicly down okay so it's uh it's politicizing if you respond to her story with criticism it is not politicizing to say agree with my politics or be a rapist that is not politicizing okay um then of course this argument too could be justified it could be used to justify any pile of crap made up story ever well how dare you question my story that's going to discourage future victims from coming forward with their story well Sorry, but the big claims require big evidence. That's just the nature of the world. And if you 
always do this though. Yeah. They they cover up the truth of the matter with some emotional claim that involves their complex identity or some bullshit. It's always <laughs> like, oh, I'm black. You can't say that. Oh, I'm a trans she male, whatever, in a wheelchair. I'm yeah. Mexican. I'm I'm it's just they they just always do this. Now it's, you know, I got finger banged by some dude in college. <laughs> the thing that drives me nuts about this too is even if it was true, even if you were uniquely targeted, which she was not. Presumably, you you ran for Congress, you were elected to Congress, you're in Congress yeah. because you're a person, a person with leadership qualities. In other words, you're a, a person stronger than the average bear. You can you can stand the heat a little bit better than the average person, which is why you're doing this job. Instead, she's <laughs> acting like she's the weakest possible person ever. Why would we want that in Congress? I could say, like, maybe you were treated unfairly and. I, you know, I, I don't agree with AOC politically, but um, I, I'm not going to advocate people breaking down her doors violently and trying to get her that sort of thing. But if if you're in Congress, you have to stand up to uh, to harsh criticism, to people being mean to you, to all these you sorts of things. You don't anymore, though. I mean, you're still operating from this perception that we value strength on a societal level. We don't. We don't anymore. I mean, in many ways, these are the appropriate embodiments of our current cultural beliefs. Yeah, which is about uh, that. (laughs) That's a great way. That's a that's a great representation of why this country is going to hell so quickly is exactly that, that we Uh, have reverence for the weakest and most pathetic among us. Yeah. That it (laughs) some of them. But uh, Mm -hmm. of course, we are uh, we are. We're doing a number on our men, too. It is not uh, it's not strictly yeah, the women these days. That's true. I know. Just take one look at AOC's boyfriend and you see like everything wrong with society, them as a couple. <laughs> it's all the problems. This was a lesser scene this weekend. Um, AOC did give another interview. It didn't get quite as much traction. But you remember um, Robin Roberts, who did the interview on Good Morning America with Jesse Smollett? Yes. Yeah, she sat yeah. down with AOC, too. That's, this is what that looked like. Hinges right here. And I just hear, where is she? And um, I thought everything was <laughs> uh, There's a visual I wish I could unsee. Let me look at that again. Um, if you're listening to this, you're missing out. But just see if you can find it in the, find it on uh, Twitter. There's a good. I wouldn't call this a deep fake because it's not really that convincing. But it's a mashup of AOC and Jesse Smollett. Um, I, I don't know. That's, that's kind of reminds me of um, who's the villain in Three Hundred? The like Xerxes guy who's kind of like a man woman. Are you making a movie reference? Right yeah, I saw that movie. What is once. happening? It kind of looks like a. I don't know, like a variant of Xerxes or something. I don't know. Still haven't seen Tremors, have you? No, no. Also quick to defend AOC was the uh, aforementioned David Hogg. Because, of course, he's a fellow person who famously wasn't there. (laughs) And uh, The jokes were made. This is what was so funny this week is in uh, the replies to AOC were tons of David Hogg references. What? Oh, I had lipstick on my teeth. Oh, I thought you were telling me that I had something (laughs) in my teeth. I was like, okay. Okay. So there's tons of David Hogg references in AOC's replies saying, oh, you're the David Hogg of Congress, basically. Like you were in a general proximity to a terrible event. Now you're claiming to be the biggest victim of it for political reasons. And then David Hogg actually came in. David Hogg swoops in on Twitter and says, basically, I know exactly uh, what it's like to be in the general vicinity of a a tragic event and try to leverage it for a personal political and 
financial gain. Leave Alexandria alone, guys. Yeah. And what Hogg actually tweeted was, uh, oh, where is it here? Oh, hearing AOC talk about what happened on one six. They try to do this now. It's like nine eleven. They reference one six like nine eleven. Hearing what happened to AOC on uh, hearing AOC talk about what happened on one six sound like many of my friends after shooting at our, our high school has shook me to my core. Ugh. This is a sitting congresswoman. We all need to be deeply concerned for the future of democracy. So uh, David uh, and uh, David would have to rely on the testimony of uh, his friends at his high school because, of course, uh, he was not there for the events in question. So he only knows what his friends said, not what he uh, off so much. And when we talked about that last week, I've forgotten because I always thought that it was just like reported or implied that David Hogg was not on the scene. He has admitted it. Yeah. You can go back and watch like a CNN interview. He says it in a TV piece. I was at home. I was watching TV. I grabbed my bike and my camera and went to school to try to do some interviews. Yeah. It's by David Hogg's own admission. And David Hogg is, uh, he's going to try his hand at being an entrepreneur. Uh, he, he, he wants to beat out Mike Lindell, the, my pillow guy in the, in the pillow game. So Lindell, uh, pillow biting game. (laughs) There were, there were some good ones like that on Twitter this week too. Uh, Lindell of course has been engulfed in political scandal for uh, his claims of election fraud. Uh, And my pillow has been banned. You can't buy uh, my pillow at bed bath or Kohl's. Yeah. They got rid of it. And Lindell has been banned on Twitter and there's some other stuff. Uh, So David Hogg tweeted on Thursday that he and software developer William Legate are launching a pillow company to compete with MyPillow. Unconfirmed reports say Hogg plans to call it uh, CryPillow. That was the claim on Twitter. CryPillow. That's good. I like it. Uh, Hogg says he plans to launch this product within six months. He he says he's going to laugh if what started as a uh, trolling effort turns into a hundred million dollar company while having unionized workers based in the U.S., sustainable sourcing, helping fund social good and a better product. No mention here of the diversity checkboxes, but I assume he cares about that, too. All R2 Dindu clones just like lined up. (laughs) All running those sewing machines at the uh, cry pillow factory. (laughs) Only women without minority women without hands can work there. (laughs) I like it. And I love this too. Just how about a little bit of hubris? Uh, Yes, I, David Hogg, shrimpy kid who has done exactly nothing ever. I'm going to outcompete Mike Lindell, who has been in this industry for some time, has a hugely successful product, regardless of whatever you think of his politics, has had a little bit of time to perfect his craft. I'm sure you, David Hogg, with no experience whatsoever and this idealistic view of some weird progressive pie in the sky values governing your pillow making philosophy, I'm sure. you're going to be the guy to revolutionize how to bring a cheap but quality pillow to the american consumer i'm sure yeah yeah because it's so easy just to start a multi-million dollar company with hundreds of employees super easy he's going to show us how except for he already ran into trouble because he can't find a unionized pillow manufacturer in the united (laughs) states i'm having a hard time finding one if you know one please dm DM. well and that's the thing too like by the way david if you do this if you're just taking advantage of someone else's manufacturing. I mean, that's fine to do. It's not that you can't, but you're just branding someone else's product at that point. You're not actually doing the manufacturing. So whatever it's, it's just, 
hilarious that he thinks that he's going to be able to uphold all these unrelated ideals while also creating a product that is efficient enough to compete in the marketplace. It is never going to happen, but I will keep an eye on uh, the shelves at the bed bath or elsewhere. See if I can find one of these David hog pillows. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I I thought maybe there's another pillow biting joke in there somewhere. Like, do they come with Did the I teeth marks? Did I steal your thunder? No, was, I, was I was trying to think. Could they, what, what would it be? Are they going to put the teeth marks in the pillow pre-installed, Ayo. or what are you, you going to do? I don't know. Mm. Anyway, okay. Um, let's see. We could take a brief break now, or we could talk about the uh, the Time Magazine article about the fortified election. <sighs> We should talk about this. You know, I'm rarely outraged anymore because I don't uh, care about anything except for my daughter. Um, and this was uh, shocking. I, I was actually shocked when I was reading this. Let me. Uh, OK, you had the chance to read this in depth. I didn't I didn't get a chance to read it Ugh, word for so word long. God today. <laughs> but headline this. This was going crazy later in the week this article comes out on thursday in time magazine the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election saved oh did they they saved it which of course is code for produced the correct outcome that's what saved means and most of the um viral discussion of this particular article focuses on this paragraph uh, and it reads quote that's why the participants want the secret history of the 2020 election told, even though it sounds like a paranoid fever dream. A well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage and control the flow of information. They were not rigging the election. They were fortifying it. And they believe the uh, public needs to understand the system's fragility in order to ensure that democracy in America endures. So the article doesn't say fraud as far as I've seen, but think about what is reported in that paragraph. Powerful, organized elites conspiring together to, quote unquote, influence perceptions. In other words, propagandize, quote unquote, change rules or laws. Now, cynically, you could use the word cheat depending on how those rules and laws were set and control the flow of information, AKA censor. Those are alternative terms that are just as valid. And the, and as I mentioned, the language of fortifying the election, even taken at its best, it does not mean strengthen the integrity of the process. Now the article will claim that that's what they're, that's what they purport to be doing. But, but in this context, it means produce the desired outcome. So in other words, a fortified election cannot reelect Donald Trump. Well, that doesn't mean right. election of integrity because an election of integrity could elect Donald Trump. It means an election that can only produce a certain outcome, which we do have a word for, but Susan won't let me say. And I don't want to offend her sensibilities. But you had the chance to read this um, more in detail. So what are the claims of fact actually in this article? I dumped so much stuff from this article. But I really tried to keep it short, but like I could not. I could not believe what I was reading. It, it, I, I mentioned this to you before the show, but I was reading this and it reminded me, although I never read it, of OJ Simpson writing that book, If I Did It. Yeah. Like, I, I could not believe. I was like, I cannot believe the admissions here. It's like they're just wagging it in our faces. Like, we did all this shit. Um, 
we were so prepared for this and they're acting like it's not fraudulent. It's incredible to me. So I guess for context, this guy, I'm going to talk about a bunch, Pod Horser, Pod Horser, really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Hmm. He was a senior advisor to the president of the AFL-CIO, which is the nation's largest union federation. He's marshaled the latest tactics and data to help its favored candidates win elections. Um, They say he's unassuming and professorial. Uh, And among Democratic insiders, he's known as the wizard behind some of the biggest advances in political technology in recent decades. A group of liberal strategists he brought together in the early 2000s led to the creation of the Analyst Institute a secretive firm that applies scientific methods to political campaigns. And he also found Catalyst, which is a progressive data company. So he was like deep into uh, voting statistics and analyzing different elections and things like that. He was uh, useful behind the scenes in a litany of elections. So anyway, on March 3rd, this was the first thing that I read that was shocking to me. March 3rd, what was happening around March 3rd? We had just learned about the coronavirus, like, pretty recently that it had come to the United States and everybody was in full panic mode by that Mm -hmm. point. The first case in the United States was what, the end of January? Yeah. By February, we still were like, oh, this doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. By March, everybody was freaking the fuck out. So on March 3rd, he drafted this three-page memo titled Threats to the 2020 Election. He said, Trump's made it clear that this will not be a fair election, that he'll reject anything but his own reelection is fake and rigged. On November 3rd, should the media report otherwise, he will use right-wing information system to establish his narrative and incite his supporters to protest. Um, The memo laid out four categories of challenges, attacks on voters, attacks on election administration, attacks on Trump's political opponents, and efforts to reverse the results of the election. So that was their outline. That's how they dealt with what was pretty obviously going to happen. But that's they had multiple levels of fraud and they wanted to systematically attack it based on the the four things in this memo. So the first thing, protecting the election would require an effort of unprecedented scale, protecting the election. That's what they're calling this. Hmm. Right. As 2020 progressed, it stretched to Congress, Silicon Valley, and the nation's state houses. I don't know why any of these, these things are connected. It drew energy from summer's racial justice protests many of whose leaders were a key part of the liberal alliance. It's like they're telling us in this article that they fabricated all of this stuff, got all of these elites together, and then created this coronavirus panic and then the the racial justice stuff just to throw everything into chaos so that they could find a way to regain control. It's shocking to me. This is what I find so fascinating about this article is it is being reported in a way that suggests these people are heroes and saving election integrity. But I let's know. let's flip. Let's take this article and, and keep the accusations the same. Keep the substance of the article the same and put it on, say, Infowars.com. Well, suddenly that is election disinformation that would be banned off Twitter. Susan would never let you talk about it. This in any other context is I mean, I guess it is a conspiracy theory because it's a, they're talking about people conspiring. Literally, that's what the, the meat of this is. But. I, I just it's like you said, it's like they're sitting there laughing at us. Like, I swear I to God, all these people are sitting in an evil cave somewhere talking about for, you know, first we made them wear masks. And then when we were done with all of this stuff, we actually admitted about the election, not rigging, fortifying. And the, and they still just went along with it. Like, I just yeah, really. I feel like we're being laughed at from afar. And to cap it all off, do this anal swab, right? Right, exactly. Um, so this, this is shocking too. The first task was overhauling America's bulky election infrastructure in the middle of a pandemic for the thousands of local, mostly nonpartisan officials who administer elections. The most urgent need was money 
In March, activists appealed to Congress to steer COVID relief money to election administration. Private philanthropy stepped into the breach. An assortment of foundations contributed tens of millions in election administration funding. That's Hmm. basically just so that they can incentivize people to send in mail-in ballots, which was – you know that the entire purpose of the of the pandemic was the mail in voting fraud. The Chan well, this, Zuckerberg this, initiative uh, chipped in three hundred million dollars mm. to this specific cause. And this guy's former AFL CIO. That's where he came from. Mm-hmm. So that, as far as I understand, that's a major. That's a public employee union or a, a federation of them. Yeah. So that who's that? That's all these people. That's all these election workers. That's all the public workers that work in your county courthouse or that work in your city administration or things like that. If, if you could coordinate people on a mass scale to yeah. cynically yeah. produce outcomes that you want. But if I take this article at face value to fortify the integrity of the election, either way, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about mass organization behind the scenes of yeah. the sort of people who yeah. do the grunt work of conducting an election. So then they use this 300 million just from Zuckerberg and the all the COVID relief money, and they channeled it into the Voter Participation Center, which in a normal year would have deployed canvasser, canvassers door-to-door to get out the vote. Instead, they conducted focus groups in April and May to find out what would get people to vote by mail. What? <laughs> what? So that was like already a, wow, find out what would get people to vote by mail. So that, it's like a... That was a predetermined conclusion. We want them to vote by mail. How could we convince them to do it? And they used COVID relief money to do that. Outrageous. Fucking outrageous. <laughs> I can't believe they're admitting this. Anyway, then they talk about this chick, Quinn. I, I don't really remember what her credentials were. But okay, the solution of the spread of mis- misinformation, she, with this Quinn chick, concluded, was to pressure platforms to enforce their rules both by removing content or accounts that spread disinformation. This was the next, next thing. This is how they, con- they control this. Uh, they preempt Donald Trump saying that there was election fraud. They mm-hmm. needed to control the, the media platforms. Yeah. Um, that spread mis- disinformation by more aggressively policing it in the first place, quote, the platforms have policies against certain types of malign behavior, but they haven't been enforcing them. Her research gave ammunition to advocates pushing social media platforms to take a harder line. In 2019, Zuckerberg, again, invited nine civil rights leaders to dinner at his home where they warned him about the danger of election-related falsehoods that were already spreading, unchecked. And they had an, a elegant multi-pronged approach to My preempt God. to preempt the voter fraud that, that they knew they were going to do it's like double gaslighting like they double gaslit us um the racial justice uprising and then of, of course the george floyd thing um sparked by george, george floyd's killing in may was not a pr- primarily a political movement bullshit the organizers who helped lead it wanted to harness its momentum for the election without allowing it to be co-opted by politicians many of those organizers were part of Podhorsers network okay. from the activists in battleground states who partnered with the democracy defense coalition two organizations with leading roles in the movement for black lives what a Fucking surprise. And then lastly, about a week before the election, Podhorzer received an unexpected message. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce wanted to talk, basically to collude with them on how they can complete this extremely elegant plan. What was the chamber's interest? Does it describe? 
Uh, basically the same thing. They were just going to also contribute to a multi-pronged approach to uh, destroy representative democracy as we know it. Well, and this is the thing that just... it. I don't even have to say it's tinfoily because they're telling me everything that they supposedly did in plain terms, widely available and widely reported. But I'm supposed to believe that like this is what makes me tinfoily about coronavirus in general. I'm supposed to believe that coronavirus is a a totally natural occurrence that had nothing to do with this whatsoever, but also fit perfectly perfectly into this plan that they're describing. Right. But that was just convenience. That and and by April, when we are we all were thinking that it was 15 days to slow the spread or whatever the fuck that everything was going to go back to normal. Everybody thought that. Even we thought that in like yeah. March and April. They're already uh, they already have 400 million dollars to uh, figure out how they can get people to exclusively mail in vote. And I'm supposed to believe that there was no voter fraud. That the pandemic had nothing to do with making people reliant on mail in ballots. I'm supposed to believe that. Well, it's just incredible to me. That's a good segue to the uh, fortification in Detroit. Do you have anything more to say about this story? No, I mean, I I encourage everybody to read it, even though it's extremely long, because it is just it's like they just just dick smacked us. They just did all this and then and then they dick smacked us. It's it's crazy. I cannot believe that they're admitting that they did all this. Yeah, it's a pretty outrageous story. But uh, of course, it's poor. they're all heroes. They've saved the republic or saved the, the democracy, rather. I mean, in, in any other context, we have uh, words for this sort of thing, but it, they are, they're not allowed on, uh, on YouTube anymore. So we just call it fortifying. And speaking of fortifying <laughs> the election, the Gateway Pundit has released uh, footage of a van delivering tens of thousands of ballots. Eight hours after the deadline at the uh, TCF Center in Detroit on election night. Now, this was the same site where election officials put up that cardboard over the windows to block observation of uh, vote counting and where poll workers were allegedly uh, uh, hostile to Republican observers. And there were hundreds of affidavits that were filed claiming to have witnessed voter fraud in general at this particular facility. And at least three of those affidavits were uh, about vehicle deliveries of ballots late at night or well beyond uh, poll closing time. And the Gateway Pundit obtained this surveillance footage of this, uh, uh, at this point, this one particular vehicle uh, through a FOIA request. Although they, 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 they say they have tons more footage to release, so there's potentially more. But um, this particular bit of the footage focuses on this one vehicle. And um, and it's uh, apparently these are ballots being delivered after hours at the TCF Center, as well as some uh, witness testimony in support of that allegation. My name is Shane Trejo. I was there as a poll challenger at TCF from about 9.30 p.m. to 5.30 a.m. on uh, the night after the election and the morning after the election. So this white van arrives at 3.23 a.m. There's a big uh, you know, the facility where all the rooms were set up. You go to the back, and there's a way that cars can just drive right into the facility. And that was like a, a garage door that opened, and, and cars were coming in with the ballots. From what I saw, there was not one ballot that showed up from at least 10 p.m., um, or let me say at least 10.30 to the 3.30 a.m. when it, um, roughly uh, the, the number that Colbeck gave was 38,000 ballots showed up. 
there were, I counted over 50 different boxes of ballots that showed up all at once at 3.30 a.m. They were all in USPS boxes. They weren't, it wasn't delivered by USPS. 61 boxes of ballots. Yes, yes. And it wasn't delivered by USPS. It was in a van, a white van, that had the city clerk's emblem on it. Now, uh, just to be very clear, Susan, nobody is saying that this irregularity was definitive in deciding Michigan's election. And in fairness to this particular incident, it actually couldn't have been. What they're talking about is 40,000 ballots alleged in this case. Of course, Michigan was decided by 150,000 votes, something like that. So it's the claim is not this was the definitive factor, but there is clearly some irregularity here, or at least this appears on its face to be to be um, uh, somewhat odd. Now, I will note, too, in the footage, there's no way to tell what those boxes actually are. We, ha- we have to rely on the witness testimony to conclude that they're ballots. Uh, I just want to be as fair as possible in the presentation. We don't know those are for sure ballots. That's the allegation. But let's say that it is ballot delivery, that what's being claimed here is what we're watching. Um, is that not an irregularity? Is that supposed to be normal? And is there any explanation that this is normal? Because... Uh, I was trying to look for the for that sort of explanation. What's the nothing to see here explanation? Why is this normal? Really, the the what's happening with this particular piece of footage and the reporting on it is sweeping it off the internet, banning it off the internet. Did you have a chance to find any kind of debunking on this particular piece of footage? Oh, that's what I was supposed to do. Oh, that's what I was hoping for. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> no, I I just outlined uh, what what clearly had happened there. Oh, okay. I, My I, bad. Sorry. I, well, I haven't seen one, I, and I was just curious: has someone, has some uh, left-wing fact checker, the Washington Post or whatever, have they fact-checked this to say why? I can look really quick. It's totally normal, and why there, there's nothing at all odd to see here. So I, I haven't seen any sort of uh, great debunking, but that said, I haven't had a ton of time to look today either. So it could be out there, and if you do see Sandra it, Fairbanks did an excellent job well that that's the thing is uh both she and uh and um uh, yes jim hoft uh, are being swept off twitter or at least partially swept off in response to this so twitter just permanently suspended the gateway pundit account run by um editor-in-chief jim hoft and then temporarily suspended reporter cassandra fairbanks and for jim hoft twitter cited uh, repeated violations of policy that prohibits tweets made for the purpose of manipulating or interfering in elections or other civic processes and fairbanks was suspended for violating twitter's civic integrity policy cassandra's original tweet on this is uh you still can't interact with it so you i guess i can retweet it does that does that work i guess but you can't like it you can't comment on it uh, and of course, Twitter says that this claim of election fraud is disputed and this tweet can't be replied to, retweeted or liked due to a risk of violence. So just. Oh, whatever. Discussion Politifact of these things. did um, comment on it. Fact, what did they say? Fact check false. An article by Gateway Pundit, blah, 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 blah. Um, Detroit election officials have confirmed that the ballots were delivered to the TCF Center early Wednesday morning, but that those ballots met the 8 p.m. deadline for voters to return them and have been verified by the city's clerk, the city clerk's office as legally cast. We rate this claim false. So how, how do they demonstrate that, that, the, that they were cleared? So their claim is what? These ballots were were 
cleared for delivery before 8 a.m. and they just took forever to get there because reasons. That is no absentee ballots received after the deadline of 8 p.m. on November 3rd were received by or processed at the TCF center. Only ballots received by the deadline were processed. So I guess they're saying that they were delivered, not processed. Delivered, but not processed. Only ballots received by the deadline were processed. No absentee ballots received after the deadline of 8 p.m. were received by or processed. So either they turned them away or they were not processed. And we don't know fairness in presentation. We don't know. We don't know for sure that those are ballots, but it appears PolitiFact is granting that. And two, we don't necessarily know that they were counted or processed. Now, Gateway Pundit is saying that they have tons more footage that they want to release. They have hours and hours of footage through this FOIA request. You know, again, draw your own conclusions. Um, this is the sort of thing that when paired together with things like the suitcase incident, which, of course, they weren't suitcases, they were normal boxes. And um, the Times reporting about how a well-organized cabal fortified our election. You know, uh, just consider the pieces uh, together and, and um, decide for yourself. Anyway, this is outrageous. This is incredible. <laughs> Don't believe your eyes. Yeah, you fools, plebs. That's uh, that's all I got on that. Um, okay, I have one more topic before we get to the uh, Matt Palumbo interview, but we're definitely due for a break. So why don't we take at least a short one? Sure. Let me reload. Uh oh, why am I in your comments on your channel? Whoops. Hmm. That's not right. That's not right. Do you have anything me, on uh, Streamlabs while I get yeah, back? Yeah, let in? me take a look. Let's see. We got a few. Uh, Cameron says they steal, not steal, Susan. I don't. I don't endorse that language. They fortify the election, Susan, and they flaunt it in your face. MSNBC floats the idea of drone striking your home because you may voice displeasure of the state. If you try to create your own community, you'll get uh, Waco way code 2021 shaping up to a great year. Yeah. I didn't even have time for that clip, but um, what's her face uh, over on MSNBC? Nicole Wallace was talking about how Obama drone striked that one U S citizen in Yemen over terrorist uh, ties. She's talking about drone striking, uh, you know, right wing extremists here domestically. Maybe that's the solution. <laughs> anyway. Uh, thanks Cameron. Aaron D says a uh, couple messages here. Excellent video yesterday, Matt. Well, thank you. The question popped uh, into my head today. Are we living in a giant Milgram experiment? That is the one huh. where they pretend to shock someone to see how far people would go for science. In our case, people are socially pressuring each other to conform to the COVID restrictions. It seems like psychological torture instead of an electric shock. Going months without seeing people's faces is starting to get to me. I'm trying to not uh, have a nervous breakdown masks frowny face. It does seem sort of um, experimental in a weird way like that. And uh, it is like a weird twist. Psychological warfare is what's happening. Like a weird twisted tool to club people with for nonconformity and noncompliance. Uh, if, if that is what's going on, whoever is uh, behind it is a sick person. No doubt. All the best to you, man. Brady says, I tell you what, Kansas city is just a bunch of cheese eating surrender. Is it, can I say this? I gotta be careful. Sometimes I don't know if something's a racial slur or not. Uh, is this okay to say cheese eating surrender monkeys? What's that? That's fine. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't think it's racial. I did great though. Everyone is saying I'm the goat or some shit. Oh, so this is from the real Tom Brady. Uh, thanks for watching the stream tonight, Tom. Thanks. We appreciate uh, it. I don't know how you possibly made it work, but but you did. We're better than Giselle. Uh, take, mm. that's, our, that's our reputation now. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, pfft, this is a great name. <clears throat> Plug your ears, Mom. My penis is really throbbing. Asks... <laughs> 
best national park. I haven't been to all of them. Of course, I'm partial to Yellowstone and Grand Teton because they're in my neck of the woods. Um, I did go to Glacier. We went to Glacier during our honeymoon, but most of it was closed down, so I didn't get the full experience. I'm going to say Yellowstone because it's the first and it's it's just my favorite. But I um, honorable mention to Zion. Uh, when we went to um, Zion National Park, uh, when we were dr- driving uh, from California to Montana once, uh, really cool. Like really, uh, just I don't know, one of the coolest spots I've ever stood. That river in there is incredible, and there's just a lot of insane exposure on these cliffs and a really cool spot, Zion National Park. You do you have a preference? I haven't been to Yellowstone in a long time. I have never been to the Grand Canyon, so I Neither don't know if I. I can answer this. But I would like to Sweden. go. Yeah. Um, and it, I would say, like, in terms of just pure aesthetic, Grand Teton is probably it for me. Just, like, pure viewing. Uh, just because yeah. Grand, Grand Teton is, like, something out of a fairy tale or something. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a really incredible spot. Phil says, anybody look up the early life of the architects of the cabal that fortified the election? Uh Oh, we're going to get spicy here. It's uh, it's like it's looking like. um, (laughs) How can I say this? It's looking like good faith dealings with um, friends just means the destruction of things. Maybe a different approach is warranted. That's not that bad. I think that's fair. Uh-huh, that's definitely Thank you, thank you Phil. Actually, that is mostly what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Phil says, "Can we just give Puerto Rico back to Spain and make them uh take AOC in the deal?" I realize it's been over 100 years, but maybe they would uh want their very own Caribbean resort island again. Yeah. AOC is talking about primarying Chuck Schumer. So if you think that her really, I had hope for a minute that maybe she would actually get voted out of her congressional district, but she's talking about maybe challenging for Senate now, which on the one hand you're getting rid of Chuck Schumer. So like, uh, not a total loss, but would I rather have AOC? That's really a push. I don't think one's really better than the other. I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't want either. Phil says uh, just over 405,000 American soldiers were sacrificed in World War II. Young men who could have had a future as fathers and leaders in their communities if, if, uh, <laughs> I can't, uh, props to Blonde for making it through the article. Let's just go there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, in truth, I had intent to read it uh, thoroughly and uh, critically myself, and then time got the best of me today because of our super spreader event. And uh, so I I passed it off to Blonde, but I figured you would enjoy it. So so angry all day. (laughs) All right, we're good on Streamlabs. Let's do a few on here. We got Matt H. I had to break up with my imaginary girlfriend. At first, she seemed great, but in the end, she ended up being no more than a thought. Uh (laughs) Oh, T-H... O-U, the G-H-T. That's a good one. Long Dong John. I hope everyone enjoyed the game of BLM Fagball today. Now it's time for some real entertainment. I know. (laughs) Did everybody enjoy their bread and circuses? I watched like some of the commercials and I couldn't, I messaged you some of the stuff in real time, but I I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Oh, that's what you were talking about. I didn't know what you were referencing because I actually didn't see the commercials. I wasn't paying attention to that. Yeah, it was like some some slam poetry shit and like a bunch of minorities wearing masks, social distancing, and then there's like some dyke ref. I I, I was just like... Yeah, yeah. it's... uh, it's, things just be normal again? I just... Of course, the stadium says it takes all of us throughout it to end racism. We have to we have to end racism, even though this league is majority black and they're all millionaires. Like, okay, 
look at, at the, what's going on in the world. Like racism is not a problem right no. now. Not a problem. Daniel Kunkel, according to the time or according to time, election cheating happened, but not enough to win. That's like cheating at cards with a queen of hearts instead of an ace of spades at my sleeve, but claiming it wasn't enough to win. Yeah. Greyhawk the Angry will eventually accept the new show name, though you could have done better. But Matt, if you ever change the 80s, 90s era Minnesota Twins cap, uh, we will rain hell down upon you. I know. So you got to if you want to change anything, you go slowly. slowly. That's why I have to tread carefully with the super chat stuff, because I know we've changed several things lately. If you there's not really much more I want to change. I'm really content with the way the show is right now. I just want to manage super chat as best as we can. But I know like. You might get away with one thing here, one thing there. You start changing key pieces like that, you're screwed, dude. They'll come for me. You got to do it slowly, like uh, like gaining weight in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, And then one day you wake up and you're just with somebody that's morbidly obese. You're like, how the fuck does this happen? I don't even know. <laughs> as long as you do it together. <laughs> that's right. Sore loser. Blue 69, hut hut, start the show. <laughs> das yeah. pooch. The game has been over since halftime. If we're still waiting over that, then Blonde should rightfully mock Matt's gayness over sports ball. Come on, man. I had other <laughs> stuff to do, and I needed to um, decompress after reading that article. I just, <laughs> like, I could not have yeah. done the show right right after doing that. Well, I was and it, uh, it's not so much the game for me. Like, we, we had people over, and it was fun. But and that- It's the dip. It's the tots. Well, yeah, it's the food and it's all of that, but all, and and I could have gone live earlier, but I also know that competing with the Super Bowl is, is, uh, not wise. Like it's just a difficult time to stream. So I, we, we never, I don't think we ever, we never changed the show for game of Thrones or anything like that. I think the only thing we've delayed Mm -hmm. for is the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Um, Laurel says conservative women should be learning how to cook. I made homemade French onion soup today. It took forever, 90 minutes, but it turned out great. My mom's, my son said restaurant quality. I'm such a trad mom. Yes. Cooking is, um, one of the few joys that we have left in life. Mm. Congratulations, Laurel. Yeah, for real. That that sounds really good. I keep bribing my friends to come over because they like never want to hang out with me, but I just make restaurant quality food for them and just force feed it to them. Mm. It's it's a really great way to make people hang out with you and then you can dump all your problems on them in exchange for food. It's great. Yeah. Lazarus Rex. Um, they keep saying it was the safest election ever. What I want to know is how has anyone even asked what they mean by that? Because I haven't heard an explanation on that one. Yeah. They were trying to explain that in the article today, but really they were just telling me how they cheated. Um, Swiftner. Hello, people. It's sanity tip. A road trip off grid to explore a favorite bit of wilderness makes for a great day. Mountain Blonde, these days, what have you found works for you to decompress and recenter? Yeah. It's getting really difficult um, because, of course, in years prior, that was that was how I operated is like I did this political stuff on the Internet. Then I shut off my political brain and I go and I would do stuff all my hobbies that weren't political and it would, it would help refresh my political mind and appetite a little bit. And now it's getting tougher. You talk about politics and sports like we just saw. Um, I was tweeting out earlier this week. I was up at big sky snowboarding on Wednesday, which has always been kind of a mental escape for me, but it's very difficult now because the Corona politics are all injected in that. So get this. I took a, I, I don't have the picture handy, but I took a picture from afar of what the lift lines at big sky looked like from kind of up higher as you're looking down on them. And you've got masses of hundreds of people, just masses of humanity in lines because they're not filling up the lifts 
because that would be Corona risky. So a chair that can carry eight people is at times carrying only two. A chair that can carry four is carrying one, two, three. So they're backing up the lines forever because they're not filling the chairs. So everyone's totally fine with piling into a line of potentially hundreds of other people in immediate proximity. That's fine. That's social distancing. But getting on the chair and sitting with a stranger, even though you're all wearing full winter gear, gloves, masks, goggles, that's 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 a risk that's too far. So everything that I've enjoyed has had some form of bullshit politics injected into it. I think the only thing that that we as a couple have been able to enjoy is things like, I don't know, gym classes or just going outside for a walk, like just really baseline physical activity. And I try to stay no matter what um, physical activity always does it for me. Like even if you're feeling terrible, if you just get a little bit of exercise, you'll feel a lot better. So that's generally my strategy. I went just, for a run the other day. And it always, it never feels great during, but doesn't it always feel great after? I don't know. I, that was like maybe the first time I've ever voluntarily gone on a run in my life. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Socialization helps a lot, yeah. like being around people. And then I went to this coffee shop today called Coeur Coffee, and it was packed and Good. there was nobody wearing a mask. Good. It was amazing. So if you live in North Idaho, you should patronize this place. The coffee is incredibly expensive, but worth it. Um, but I just couldn't believe it. I was like the first time I felt I felt normal. I got some Chipotle earlier today and they you're usually mask Nazis. And in the past, I've been willing to humor it by just like running in there, grabbing my burrito and getting out this time. I'm like, no, fucking done with this. Fuck you guys. Not wearing a mask. Went in there. No mask. They didn't do shit about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You won't give me that burrito. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, if we have to comply with the mask thing, I understand that there are situations in which you have to comply, but yeah. you make people tell you to put it on. That's kind of my philosophy now. There are places that have been more hassly than others. So it's like, okay, well, if I have to do, do it for like a minute, that's what I what I got to do. Now, though, I agree. Like, if you want it on my face, you're going to have to tell me to put it on my face. Yeah. Period. And then we'll talk about it. It's not a guarantee yeah. at that point. Um, should we circle back? Should we circle back? Circle back. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can do that. Okay. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Let's talk about the, oh, the Celeste. We have another topic. I thought we were, I thought we were breaking. This one will be quick. We could do the interview first. Let's do this one quick though. Oh no, I don't care. I, um, yeah, this will be a quick story. Cause last week we were talking about, uh, Nancy Pelosi was warning about the enemy within in Congress. And of course she was referring to uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And then we saw in the context of the Capitol raid in the aftermath, the national guard was vetting its own soldiers and airmen uh, for so-called extremist sympathies. Remember they sent like 12 of them home mm-hmm. because they, who knows, posted memes, uh, posted the wrong uh, Facebook post, whatever. Well, now it appears that that uh, internal vetting is going to be happening military wide so new defense secretary uh lloyd austin actually at his confirmation hearings uh a couple weeks ago made that same enemy within type commentary he had said that we have to root out extremism and racism within our ranks we can't fight the enemy if we have the enemy inside of of our uh, organization here's here's what he had to say we also owe our people a working environment free of discrimination hate, and harassment. And if confirmed, I will fight hard to stamp out sexual assault. 
and to rid our ranks of racists and extremists. The job of the Department of Defense is to keep America safe from our enemies. But we can't do that if some of those enemies lie within our own ranks. So now he's putting that warning into practice. Uh, He's ordered a stand down for the entire U.S. military over the next 60 days uh, in order for commanders to address, quote unquote, extremism in all forces. And no, this isn't just about leadership. It it sounds like it's going to be down to every grunt. Uh, Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby says it's got to be a leadership issue down to the lowest level. So at least the lowest level leadership levels, Uh, small unit leadership all the way up to him, the uh, the defense secretary. And maybe you're thinking, uh, well, uh, what's the problem with rooting out uh, terrorists? We should we shouldn't want terrorists. We're all domestic terrorists now. God. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's it's going to be about the sort of thought policing that we saw after the Capitol raid with the National Guard. Case in point, an army commander who recently briefed U.S. special forces candidates and trainees said they could be detained or chaptered out of the army. If they are found to be affiliated with certain imagery popular on the political right that is now considered to be associated with extremism. So this is Army Colonel Mike Henry. He's responsible for training over 2,500 Army and Navy special operations medics. And Colonel Henry gave a slideshow presentation recently. Some of the symbols that they're looking out for are obvious things like swastikas, stuff you'd expect. But some of them are more absurd. Pepe is actually banned. If you if you post a a pe- if you posted or post a Pepe meme or even the sad frog variant because it's been appropriated by user, users who post racist, anti-semitic, anti-LGBT and other bigoted content, you could face potential discipline in the military or maybe you'd be passed over for certain jobs or certain promotions or even eligibility to serve entirely, things like That's, that. Why can't they do this for commies? I I don't understand why if you're going to do this, you would think you'd do both sides of that arrangement. Like, yeah, you can. Oh, that hammer and sickle uh, patch you used to wear is just fine. But if you posted a Pepe on Facebook in 2016, we're going to have to have a talk about that. So it's and it's not just the Pepe stuff. It's actually more seriously. They're, they're looking out for three percenters. Uh, graphic. If you have like, say, a three percenters tattoo or you post three percenters stuff, three percenters. Um, it's a, it's a, ironically, of course, a revolutionary war reference. It's the idea that 3% of the American colonists rebelled against, at least took up arms against the, uh, the British during the revolutionary war. I've heard that statistic disputed, but that's the general idea of the concept. And there, there is uh, I guess what people characterize as a militia group that is called the three percenters as well. But you go to their website, they don't advocate any kind of violence. They don't advocate any kind of crime. What they advocate for is a prepared citizenry that is capable of defending itself from tyranny should the need ever arise. And of course, that's a classically American idea, not just for the citizenry generally, but that's really the birth of our military itself. You want to talk about the uh, the army of like like Washington's army. That is the idea that if if we have to defend ourselves from tyranny, we will do it. Now it's viewed as a. uh, conspiratorial threat against the military itself. So I suppose um, the Patriots have become the Redcoats in, in that regard. Incredible. Uh, so, so we'll see, we'll see. This of course is speculative. None of this stuff has happened just yet, but if this slideshow is any indication of what's to come, um, 
I guess the good news is maybe soon they'll be kicking everybody cool out of the army, which will make the coming civil war a little bit easier. Uh, you can true. have the you That's can have true. the David Hogs, and we'll take the Pepe guys and the three yeah, percenters. Oh, fine, all right. Fair enough. All right, that's actually all I have on that. That was a brief, uh, just a brief story that uh, we should definitely keep an eye on. And um, as always, I know like when we had the National Guard story, what was going on at the Capitol and them sending them out to the parking garage to go hang out. Uh, I got a lot of emails from National Guard people cluing me in as to what was going on there. If you um, and of course, it's always anonymous. Uh, if you have information on this sort of thing about thought policing, not just in the military, but in a professional context or whatever, I always uh, like to to get intel on that sort of thing. So if you see this stuff creeping into your school, your profession, whatever, please send it my way. The slideshows are always enjoyable. <laughs> watch out for the, watch out for Pepe slideshows. Oh God. All right. Well, uh, let's get to the, um, the interview with Matt Palumbo. Uh, he's the content manager over at Bongino report dot com and he's got a brand new book out on how uh, andrew cuomo and bill de blasio absolutely ruined new york in terms of coronavirus management the economy the relationship with police and more it's about a 10 minute interview so very brief but uh, we will see you on the other side back in a minute Welcome back. We are pleased to host our guest for the evening, Matt Palumbo, author, writer, content manager, and actual fact checker, I'm told, over at uh, BonginoReport.com. He's got a new book, Hot Off the Press, uh, about the debacle of New York Democrat rule, Dumb and Dumber, How Cuomo and de Blasio Ruined New York. Matt, thanks for stopping by. I did my best to read the book quickly. I could not find the answer. Who is dumb and who is dumber? That is, uh, I think it's in the eye of the beholder. Um, but, you know, to actually think about it, I think probably the Bellasio is the dumber one, uh, but sees the ideologue of the two, I think. And I think Cuomo is at least knows his base and is just trying to appeal to them. Um, and, you know, when it comes to New York politics, you're, po- you know, appealing to them, you're naturally going to have god awful policies. Uh, but at least it's calculated. I yeah. Well, and, and you didn't include your governor, Phil Murphy, in the race. Who who, who wins in that <laughs> Uh, three horse race. Well, you know, a third of the books on coronavirus, and by that metric, he's actually worse. We're yeah. on in New Jersey, we're the one state worse than New York. Um, and uh, yeah, he's just got awful. But I could probably do a separate book on uh, him. I don't know what it would be called yet. Yeah, maybe. Well, as, I don't know. As you mentioned, the book is divided into three parts you've got coronavirus management, you've got the economy, and you've got law enforcement. And coronavirus management is back in the news recently after the state attorney general in New York released a report saying that Cuomo's health department undercounted nursing home coronavirus deaths by 50%. Uh, What did you learn in your research on this one? Right. So what I learned was that this AG report isn't really that much of anything new. Um, So back in August, the Associated Press did a report on this, and they pointed out that the way they were counting nursing home deaths was 
seemingly deliberate to, to understate them. So if you caught coronavirus in a nursing home and then were transported to a hospital and died, those were not counted as nursing home deaths. Hmm. So the Associated Press back in you know, July and August um, said, you know, we've had 6,000 deaths so far. This probably closer to 12,000 based on our estimates. Um, then this AG report, the day before it was released, and it was either this week or the week before, uh, there was 8,500 or so recorded coronavirus deaths, and they're saying it's about 13,000. So uh, similar proportions uh, to the AP report, and you know, hopefully now that it's you know, an AG saying this instead of a publication, maybe it'll you know finally get some traction and maybe there will be consequences, but I wouldn't get my hopes up. Yeah. And it's not like she's yeah. some right wing radical, this AG mm-hmm. in New York. It's oh. not like she's a political opponent. We were talking about it a little bit on the stream on Sunday, but I didn't get a chance. Did Cuomo respond to that report or is he just brushed it off? Like he does a lot of things that are inconvenient. He brushed it off. So I don't know if you heard that comment he made where he was, he was basically, it was his Benghazi moment. The, the, what difference at this point does it make? Mm. He was saying, well, you know, people die of coronavirus. You might die in a nursing home. You might die out of a nursing home. If you're, you know, basically if you're dead, you're dead from it. So who cares? And he actually did say the word who cares, which was kind of got, you know, sound bited and put around everywhere. Yeah. But I mean, the reason we care is because you're the one who sent coronavirus patients there. Therefore, it was inevitable. Um, within yeah. two months, it was like 6% of all the nursing home patients were dead. Uh, in Florida, where they resisted this policy, it was about a percent and a half. So clearly, his policy made a difference. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the second section of the book is about uh, leaving New York or just the economic realities of both uh, the de- economic decline forcing people to flee the New York City specifically, but the state overall too. Uh, the motto used to be, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. I guess now uh, it's, you can't Which, make it here. You'll have to make it somewhere else. Well, I was thinking about that phrase though, but what it, yeah. doesn't that phrase imply it's harder to make it in New York than anywhere else. Like to begin with? Yes, but I guess there, then. <laughs> I guess the the implication of the of the motto was that there's so much talent there that if you can ah, compete, but now the talent's going to flee, or at least it would seem. What have you learned about that phenomenon? Yeah, so there's actually an article published by Heritage. It might have even been more than five years ago, and they were pointing out at the time that uh, every day on net basis, there's a thousand people moving from blue states to red states. Um, and the analysis I do of New York in this book could probably also be done of Jersey or Illinois or California. Um, and it's you know I, I go over basically every basic parameter you could imagine: taxes, spending, infrastructure, education, etc. What I think is probably the most useful or interesting part of the book is I ask, where do New Yorkers, where are they going? What's their number one destination? And that's Florida. Mm. So I said, well, you know, what better than to compare them against Florida and every metric? And uh, New York state government is about twice as big as Florida's, uh, you know, spending per citizen. And I go, well, are they getting twice as much in return? And either the answer is in everything you go through, like quality of education, cost of living, poverty rates, um, and a bunch of other criteria, it's either... Florida's better or New York might do better, but it's marginally so. So it's like they're, maybe their poverty rate is 1% lower than, than Florida, but for twice as much spending all these services, you're going, well, how is that even possible? Yeah. Um, so it's just clear. You're not getting your bang for your buck on your taxes. And then just the cost of living in Florida overall, even taxes aside is so much lower. You know, why wouldn't you pick a place like that over New York? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the last topic of the book is law enforcement. And of all the embarrassing Bill de Blasio moments of which there are many, uh, a lot of good examples. The one I will always remember though, is bill on the democratic presidential debate stage talking about teaching his black son, Dante to be afraid of the police yeah. that bill de Blasio oversees. And I know you referenced that classic in the book, but I haven't done the deep dive. So yeah. does the relationship with police actually get more embarrassing or was that the pinnacle? 
Yeah, I have actually a timeline in the book, and it's like I think you know the full year of his tenure, and there's usually one or two examples per month where I just have a history of the relationship. And the point I was trying to make with that was like, obviously, to fund the police is the new horrible policy that's going to cripple police. But just having that demoralized relationship with the mayor will cause police to act differently. Like mm. we've seen videos of police getting doused with water and in random parts of New York City. And, you know, if they had a different mayor, they wouldn't take that. They would arrest those people. But because of, you know, because of the mayor, uh, they can't react because if God forbid something happens, if they injure someone while they're retaliating, it's going to be a huge story. And the mayor is going to take the sides of the uh, not real victims. Um, and, and then also he cut a billion dollars from the police force, which uh, was probably a bad idea. Yeah. Do, what are crime rates looking right? Uh, looking like over de Blasio's so, uh, tenure? Within, I believe it was within eight months, they eclipsed last year's murder rate. Um, okay. And then by the end of the year, it was double. It was the last two years combined. Um, so it's not looking good. Um, and the way I, I divide up the chapter is the beginning is a history of crime in New York City. And I talk about the environment before Giuliani. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I play off the broken window theory. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it was this famous experiment where a social scientist either left a luxury car in a high crime area and a surprising amount of time will actually go by before anyone burglarizes it or tries to steal it. But if you run the same experiment, you break a single window in that car usually within an hour, the whole thing is raided, looted, stolen, or whatever. Hmm. Um, And his takeaway was, if you show that something is disrespected, it is going to be more likely to be a victim of crime, whether it be an object or a person themselves. And he was kind of extrapolating from that. Well, if you have open gambling and open prostitution and open drinking and graffiti everywhere, you're probably going to foster a higher crime environment. And and removing those things was a large part of Giuliani's agenda. Um, Now, there is disagreement if that was what caused the crime decline. I think it played some role. Also, Giuliani flooded the streets with police, so that probably was most of it. But you know, you can't really complain about those aesthetic improvements. But I point out that we are seeing some of those things coming back to, in some forms um, alongside this crime explosion. And I'm saying, you know, the whole environment is just going back to what it was before Giuliani. And you know, despite any kooky things Giuliani may have said in the press recently, he was a spectacular mayor when it came to fighting crime. Hmm. Yeah. Lastly, I have heard rumors of a podcast of your own coming to BunginoReport.com. Can you confirm yes. or deny? I can confirm and not deny. So it, okay. it's going to be probably just called the Bungino Report with Matt Palumbo. And it's going to mm-hmm. be you know, an accompanying podcast to the site. Um, our goal is to make it a morning commute podcast where I'll go through. Like, we haven't decided on the time, but probably between 20 and 30 minutes, um, seven stories or so. And just a kind of what you need to get your day started type of news. Do you have a date set for when that's going to launch? We're expecting mid-February, um, but it's okay. not really like a hard date yet. Sure. Yeah. All right, we'll keep an eye out for that. That is our guest, Matt Palumbo. Grab his book, Dumb and Dumber, How Cuomo and de Blasio Ruin New York. I will link it in the description available from your preferred bookseller. You can find more of Matt's work at BonginoReport.com, including his upcoming podcast. Matt, is there anywhere else you'd like to send people? Uh, on Twitter, it's Matt Palumbo 12. Um, and then when Parler is back, which hopefully it should be Monday from what I'm hearing, um, it's same screen name there. I heard the CEO guy got fired. What's going on there? So I don't know the reason, um, but you know, if I were on the board, the fact that he didn't even consider that losing web hosting is, something, is within the realm of possibility is uh, pretty like I, I'm this is kind of related, but I, I'm very much into finance. And I was reading a company's annual report once huh. and they had they had a list of all the risk factors and they use Amazon Web Service. And their number one risk was losing web hosting because they're a web based business. Okay. And I'm going, 
Well, so basically everyone's aware that knows what they're doing. And apparently they uh, were not yeah. over at Parler. But, a little uh, lack of foresight. I hope hopefully they back, find though, someone yeah. better. And yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it looked promising before that little hiccup. So, Correct. Uh, we'll catch you there. Hey, thanks for stopping by and uh, best of luck with the show and congrats on the book and have Thank a great you. night. My pleasure. Welcome back. Thanks to Matt Palumbo for stopping by. Find all his work as well as work from the great Dan Bongino at BonginoReport.com. All I got left is a little bit of a um, little bit of hoax hate, including nice. an update from uh, a, ho- a case of hoax hate, confirmed hoax hate that we saw over the summer. Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Over the summer, of course, we did a dramatic reading of a letter allegedly sent to Jonathan Lopez, a Hispanic man running for county commission in Umatilla County, Oregon. It was so good, I almost wanted to do another dramatic reading but if you recall this is the one where they the sender supposedly said that we throw illegals like you into our rivers which is how our crops grow so big really in umatilla county yeah i have no memory of this really that was a classic i thought yeah we kill you illegals and we chuck them in the river can i get this up big (laughs) what was the exact phrasing so we can um let's see Umatilla Umatilla County kills censored like you. It was something about illegals or Mexicans, something like that. Kills blanks like you and are dumped into the fields and river. That's why our crops are the best. (laughs) (laughs) That was in the letter. Okay, so uh, but he was he was caught. He admitted to police back then that he had done it. Finally, though, he has um, he has pleaded guilty to uh, what was the charge? It was uh, initiating a false report. And this is just a rare case where a hoax hater, a hate hoaxer, however you want to phrase it, is actually facing justice. So he's been sentenced to 18 months probation. But get this. He will also serve two days in jail and pay a fine as well as issue a public apology, which he has done. So, hey, rare case where uh, someone finally got charged and justice was served. That's nice to see. That's so great. I'm so pleased. I don't know if he has a political future ahead of him once he serves his two days. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, I really want to talk mostly about this case that is not hoax hate. I have no doubt that this actually happened because all sorts of stuff like this actually happened. It was one of the best things about the spring when every when coronavirus happened and everyone went online and it was nothing but Zoom meetings for every meeting that would have happened in person. Idiots left their Zoom meeting info public so anyone could join. And then what happens? Yeah. Dicks, uh, uh, racial slurs, swastikas, whatever is joining what your. Do you expect? Yeah. yeah, that was that was great fun. It was called Zoom bombing. And I guess there was a uh, when you mentioned slam poetry earlier uh, before the, the, the stream during the game. This is what I thought you were talking about. 
because I didn't see the slam poetry thing during the uh, Super Bowl. There was a at, at the uh, Salt Lake Community College in Utah. There's a black student union and they're having a slam poetry event for Black History Month. And they just they posted the Zoom meeting info information on their website and they were oh, shocked God. to see people join and post <sighs> racist imagery and messages. Check out the uh, news report here. The images that were shown are, are very concerning. Last night, as part of its efforts to celebrate Black History Month, Salt Lake Community College held a poetry slam event. It was open to everyone and on the school's website had the Zoom link and password so anyone could join Come virtually. On, man. However, during the event, some people began posting racist phrases, anti-black messages and inappropriate images of children. The event was stopped and school president Dr. Denise Huffton. See, I wonder what that means. Like at worst, I that means child that porn. True. What is inappropriate no. images of children? I don't know. Some some Zoomer probably like posted a picture of his butthole or something. <laughs> All right. Sent an email to students saying in part what was meant to be a liberating space for freedom of speech, creative expression and celebration was affronted inexcusably by online hackers. This incident reminds us that even very close to home, there are people who are intentionally seeking to foster anti-black messages of hates and new forums where they can find opportunities. There is no space for hateful and racist speech on our campuses. Investigators will work with Zoom to track IP addresses. They hope will lead them to those who probably thought they were anonymous. What I've been told and, and what... Uh, um you know, our other state troopers have seen that there's some potential criminal uh, behavior that was uh, conducted there. And when those messages and photos started appearing, that live stream was stopped pretty much right away. And counselors were brought in to speak with students who saw those photos and messages. <laughs> counselors. I saw the N word. I need right. a counselor. God, what a waste of resources. Who cares? This is just people trolling. Does anybody remember what it was like to grow up in the 90s? Yeah. Yeah, I was called all sorts of terrible names, like any uh, developing young man should be. You know, it's a rite of passage. I know. <laughs> now, if you call somebody a faggot, you got to, like, have an appointment with their counselor. And Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I The statement from the college president, this was supposed to be a free speech event until it turned into an event with speech that I don't like. And that speech <laughs> has no place on campus. And then uh, the, she said it, too. Oh, well, hackers infiltrated headline in uh, at KSL.com local news here. Headline, hackers infiltrate Utah Black Student Union. That's not at all what happened. No. It's not. If They if didn't some, hack anything. You literally posted the password and the link. So I don't know what you want here. <laughs> Trolls click link is the accurate <laughs> headline. It's like saying, um, I mean, if somebody walks in, if I leave my door open and somebody walks in, they didn't, they didn't pick the lock, right? Yeah. They, yeah. they maybe have, maybe they entered without authorization, but they didn't break in, you yeah. know? I don't um, even know if that's a if that's a good analogy. Well, I guess I also am hosting a party and everyone can come. <laughs> like, that's that's the more yeah. proper analogy. Like yeah, yeah. you you've stated everyone is welcome. That was the premise here. Anyone can join the black and then some douchebag comes and it's like this guy broke into my house. Now, the reason I wanted to know what was posted is because, you know, it was just inherently funny on its own. But off chance because this was a slam poetry event did they post their own slam poetry that's what i was oh, really I curious know. about uh seems like a real missed opportunity <laughs> i i have faith in gen z i think they did 
I bet there's some good poetry that was lost in there. And it sounds like based on the reporting, they just shut this down immediately. And I'm interested, too, by the uh, I don't know if he's city police or sheriff or whatever he is. Law enforcement guy saying uh, we're, we're looking at potential uh, uh, charges to be filed or illegal activity. I, as far as I understand, there weren't any threats made. They're not claiming that. What's the illegal activity? You went into a public Zoom meeting and like said they can't enforce this. Said a racial slur or what? I mean, that's I can't see how you would uh, get that if it's openly advertised as public. It's not even. You're not even entering a place to which you don't have authorization. You explicitly have authorization. They just didn't like what you did when you got there. So they kicked you out. Hackers. Hackers. <laughs> There's maybe not everyone is a hacker. 2020. And I know this is 2021, but, the you know, it happened a lot in 2020. Um that bastardized a lot of terms. A lot of words were bastardized that year. Hacker is near the top of the list in this Zoom context. God, man, unbelievable. Okay, well, that's all I got, actually. Let's uh, let's catch up with chat and call it a night. Okay, Boogeyman917 says, cheers, cheers to you. Cheers to you, Boogeyman. Is cheers, it to the Boogeyman. placebos? Sorry, I'm always interrupting you. It's bad. I don't mean to. I do my fair share. Uh, at this rate, addicted to placebos at this rate, if the Super Bowl is still around in 455 years, it's fitting Brady will be competing in Super Bowl dicks. <laughs> that's, that'll be a, a good one. I, I won't be around to watch it, but, uh, that'll Why be Why does funny. everyone hate him so much? Uh, well, so there's part of it is just like, he is a, he's a perpetual winner. You know, he, He's, this is his seventh Super Bowl, so people just love to hate that. But the thing about Brady is he's also been a party to the Patriots cheating. So they are alleged to have spied on other teams. That's right. They I did deflate gate, deflating the footballs a few years back. And the thing about the Patriots cheating, it's like, obviously you hate cheating for its own sake, but there's something that's worse about teams that or anybody who doesn't need to cheat, but does and anyway. They cheat anyway, yeah. Like you're the best team, but you still cheat, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. why people hated the Patriots overall, but Tom Brady specifically. But he's so handsome. Yeah. But, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about Giselle on the show before. I, I don't get Giselle. I don't, she's man faced. I don't get it. That's uh, too pointy. Way too pointy. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, he also, she also broke up his marriage too. Oh, he was married. That's prior? why I, he was married to Bridget Moynihan. Is that her name? I don't know. I, this is all and news to me. She was pregnant and he left his pregnant wife so he could bone. Giselle. You're right. Bridget Moynihan. Wow. She's old too. She's way older than him. Maybe that's why Tom Brady's like what? 43 and she's 49 now. They're still married and had a kid and she was, oh, they pregnant. do have, they do have a kid together. Oh I yeah. One they had child a kid previously. Oh, so she was pregnant with their first kid then. It doesn't say on here. It just says she has one child. And I assume that's from Tom, although she had a she had a prior husband, too. It says partners. All this progressive language these days. What the hell does that mean? Partners. They don't list it as. Ah, OK. He was not married. Yeah. She okay, was that's his what they pregnant mean. girlfriend. Right. OK, so that's what they mean by partners on here. That's why they so didn't use the word dumping spouse. your pregnant girlfriend to bang a supermodel is a dick move. Uh, yeah, well, once uh, I don't like how the, long you hesitated right there. That's mm. the, the, well, the, the kid involvement, not that it's good to, um, betray your girlfriend in any way, but the, this, the moment you have a kid, there's a, there's a loyalty element to the kid at that point too. And that's why yeah. it's extra, it's, it's like, extra shady. Don't, 
don't leave your pregnant girlfriend a bang supermodel. Like, I know it's hard not to. The real reason I was hesitating is not because I think that it's sort of okay. I'm thinking in my head, well, how hot would the supermodel have to be? And it's clearly not Giselle Bündchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I've never gotten it with yeah. Giselle. She's just too mannish. Did I get her name right, by the way? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I, we're getting lost in the weeds here. Oh, yeah, really. We can't do this when yeah, we decide true. to cut the show um, early. We we're can't really just talk about to make Giselle. things trim and efficient. <laughs> also, how horsey is Giselle's face? Really horsey, yeah. yeah. Um, Long Don John. Matt and I made just made sweet, sweet love. Sorry about the late show, everybody, but he said it was it was worth it, and he'll just blame the Super Bowl <laughs> gay? Holden Mulray. When are you low yeah. down gay! money grabbers going to give me my Biden sounder? Come on, man. I guess we do need a come on, man, but I don't have one handy. I uh, I can put it in the notes. I can add that. Okay. I'm doing it right now. So I remember later this week. Howie Dolan says, love and appreciate everything you do. I've been a sub for a while now. Now everyone should vibe with sax squash. Sax squash is, is the way he spelled it. Is that for Jen Saki? Is that what people are calling her? Sax squash? I don't know. Did he put a P in there? It's S-A-X squash. Sax squash. Maybe that's what it means. I don't know. It might be a Does she have giant feet or something? I don't even get it. I don't know. Kind of a Sasquatchy face. It's not that. (laughs) It's just a little squatchy, don't you think? It's it's a touch squatchy, but can't we do better than that, guys? Like, she's got red hair. I think that we can do better than that. Okay. All right. Uh, JL says, the science of studying memes is memetics, not memology memology I, I stand corrected thank you i apologize aggie jet pilot blonde watched star trek first contact on an airline flight for the first time didn't hate it thoughts as a tng fan i don't know that any star trek movie is worth it except for the wrath of khan i don't know i i wasn't crazy about any of the star trek movies but there were a lot of really bad episodes of star trek Hmm. Um, Lazarus Rex, are you Q? Me? Do I look like John Delancey? I I don't know that one. What's what's? Are we googling? <laughs> I'm on it. It's that time of night. Uh, our brains have died. Okay, he is an actor. He's 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 Star Trek. What are you talking about? How do you John not know Delancey? this? John Delancey. Oh, he's Star known Trek as generation? for his role as of Q in various Star Trek series, oh. beginning with Star Trek: The Next Generation. But you're not a Next Generation person. No, I am a Next Generation oh, person. Well, I got it backwards. He's um kind of he's he's a main character, but not like a super main character. I only know the the actors of the main characters. Gotcha. He's also in Breaking Stewart's Bad, I guess. Some smaller. Oh role. yeah, he plays the dad of that chick that kills herself on drugs jane's father that's right yeah jane's father yeah yeah kevin says sorry for the spoilers if you're just getting into breaking bad (laughs) i can't believe i didn't know that i hope my brother's not watching this he's very disappointed um kevin says matt i really value your objective and balanced videos i send them to my brothers quite often can you console me on minnesota requiring that i wear a mask while playing 40 minutes of indoor soccer how do you even how does that not actually damage you you're running around that much wearing a mask compromising your breathing you'd think that Maybe that makes you like super efficient with your oxygen. I don't know. I mean, that's that's insane. Um, I suppose you don't have any choice in the matter. I assume maybe this is part of like a team thing or a school thing. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. If you want to get out of it, just claim a health issue. I don't know. So, there's got to be a way. 
That's insanity. Just I mean, cut it, a big hole in it. There's it, that's just to do that sort of endurance exercise. Forty minutes of running around playing soccer with a mask on. That's that's insane. That's mm. got to be wildly unhealthy, actually. Yeah, ridiculous. Manifesto fifty two. Matt and I made love, and all I got was this shirt. You got a shirt for that? There's no Matt and I once made love shirt in the store. Although, <gasps> of course, we can. Custom, we can make custom stuff. Um, How is there no Matt and I once made love shirts? I do. I, do I? I was going to yes. say, do I want to capitalize on that? Yet that is like part of the chat. So, um, the, I the think thing we should lean into that. Yeah. And of course, we have um, a couple uh, graphic designers who are interested in working on some projects. I'm not a great graphic designer myself, so I'm not going to make that artsy one. But if there's demand. I suppose we could fill it. It's a catchphrase that emerged organically. So. That's true. Uh, esoteric Unbound. Oh my gosh, blonde looking stunning in plaid. Uh, actually, the shirt I'm wearing underneath this is covered in baby vomit. So. <laughs> Keeping it sexy for you guys. Um, yeah. Kicking Matt's ass at his own shtick. He truly is a beta. Sorry, blonde. Oh, JLP is, is the best of all captains. Jean-Luc Picard? I assume. Wait, no. Uh, is gayest of all camp is the gayest? Okay, you can't oh. say gay in our chat. You know, I guess you can't. Yeah. The gayest of all captains. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Uh, hater Jeffrey A. I joined Trumpet just to door on people. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that must be a typo. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you meant, hater, but thank you. I'm sorry I butchered your chat. Appreciate if, uh, it. You can't say gay in our chat. I don't. I don't think so. No. Gas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got it. The way you got to type it is G H E Y. That yeah. usually gets around it. Maybe they've blocked that too, though. It was two words, guys. Also, yeah, I'm it not was. It smart. was spelled gas. G A space E S T. Like delete the Y like, and leave a space. Yeah, and so I was like, does he mean? The best. Um, Stephen <laughs> yeah. Sugars. Trump was always a member of the power elite. I used to think he was a rogue member as well as an evil clown. Now I think he was a double agent. I hear you, man. I hear you. Hmm. But to what end? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was always about the pandemic. Trump was in on that, too. Well, he was, you know, Operation Warp Speed was Trump's jam. That's true. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe everyone was in on it. Maybe I was. <laughs> would Maybe I know I... if I was in on it? Yeah, would I? <laughs> yeah. Kevin Barber saw an article headline that political action committees are putting pressure on Republicans behind the scenes to convict Trump. Reminds me of the Time article. Um, hmm. We'll see if Trump was really an inside man, if anything happens to him, I guess. Yeah, that'll be. Well, it's it. whatever happens to him, it's definitely not going to be. Because Republicans vote to convict. There's no way they get that supermajority. That's not going to happen. But I got to say, I'm somewhat surprised that some, you know, some uh, uh, federal prosecutor in New York or something. Nobody's tried to bring criminal charges against Trump for some. You think if they dug enough, they'd find some financial crime or they'd try to get it. I'm surprised there isn't an effort to prosecute Trump in court now that he's out of office. Hasn't happened yet. Maybe they're working on it. Jeffrey Person says, prayers are requested. My two-day-old foster daughter is being admitted for surgery. Praying mm. all goes well and she'll be healthy and normal. Oh, Absolutely. I'll keep her in my prayers. That is, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, all the best. Is how issue. I, I, don't, I don't know how to say I this. I go with huh? issue. 
They redefine herd immunity and have been steadily increasing the percent. Pretty soon it'll be herd immunity only at 100% people percent of people vaccinated. So we'll never end up back to normal. There will be no normal. Yeah, that was one of those uh, Dr. Fauci benevolent misleadings and or lies. I, I make up the herd immunity number as I go, depending on what I want you uh, sheep to do. <laughs> he openly admitted that in the New York Times. I changed Isn't the goalposts. the worst son of a bitch? Oh, I hate guy. him. Yeah, I I just I, see his face. I just want to smash it with. A I rock. remember trying to give Fauci a fair shake in the in the spring too. like, OK, I'll hear this guy out now. Uh, whatever he says, I know is automatic crap. But in fairness, once someone admits to me, I mislead you for your own good. All right, you're done. I'm never listening to anything you say ever again. Uh, how tall is he? <laughs> He's got to be tiny. He's definitely Five feet, seven inches. It's pretty I'm not short. saying short men are evil. <laughs> but there may be a correlation here um just joking let's see a crafty Huragok says hong kong enjoy how democracy dies and thunderous applause yes yeah yeah uh rocky range things i learned in the super bowl with face is cool and colbert likes to lick with sauce off of balls what i don't know did, did colbert have some pregame thing or something i didn't i don't know it. what any of these am i illiterate <laughs> i don't know Mason Lennox, uh, AOC's name is Cortez. By retard logic, she isn't a colonizer. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, good point. Um, Logan Orr says, currently stuck in New York. It's amazing how easy it is to doom pill these super far left liberals. Also, Ashley Hinson is being primary for 2020. Ashley Hinson is being pri- I uh, let me I, I have to I have to Google. She's a congressman from uh, Iowa's first district. Hmm. but I don't know much about her uh, Republican party member. What, what's why is she in the news lately? I have to plead ignorance on this one. I don't know much about uh, this particular rep anyway. Okay. Um, Semper ad meliora to make her feel safe. I think we should all send AOC a pair of sneakers. It's the least we can all do. <laughs> I'm like, uh, and if it's so bad that you need your your chucks to run away or something like that, I, is that really going to save you, lady? Like if people if a whole mob is coming after you with the intent to beat you down, you think you're going to be able to run away in your basketball shoes or something like that? Good luck. Yeah. Um, Doc Bailey, more and more, I feel compelled to do something to try to save my country and my state, but I just don't know where to begin. What are your thoughts? I think you're going to have to bail. Uh, oh, it's, my state is as in California. Yeah. Well, I I always admire people, that, whether you're in California or anywhere else, if you want to start locally and start trying to fix your neighborhood, your community, start at that local level, make your community better tomorrow than it was today. I, I admire that no matter where you're doing it. And it's something I should do more of myself. Uh, that said, would I fault anyone who decides for themselves themselves that california is a lost cause and you're going to have to be doing that building elsewhere not at all and if Mm -hmm. i was still in california i might put some thought to that because the more you build in california the more they'll punish you actually yeah the more you improve your life and the lives of those around you the more they want to take from you yep so honestly I don't know what your thoughts are on California. Maybe you love it there. Maybe your family's there. Maybe you're set. You want to stay there for life. You don't want to leave. That's all fine. And if if you want to do that, that that's, that's good. That's good. And that's up to you. But there's a real case to be made. Like you're saying that the first step toward 
self-betterment and a better life is leaving a place that is absolutely hostile to that. Yeah. Yep. That's mm. definitely true. Uh, River McRat, please stop saying Smollett. AOC pulled a David Hogg. David <laughs> Hogg was in a building on the other side of campus, wasn't able to hear gunshots and ran home to get a camera once he heard of the incident. Yep. Yeah. It, 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 Alexandria Ocasio-Hogg is the more appropriate analogy or comparison. Smollett was the trend. And it's not it, it you're right that it's not perfect because in Smollett's case like it literally did not happen period yeah it didn't happen at all yeah. yeah which is not exactly what happened here she's embellishing something that did actually happen or at least happened in the proximity of her David Hogg is the is the correct analogy but I got to go with the Twitter trend um rot huge violence bangs my door that's a cop knock if you live in the Bronx you'd know the sound <laughs> yeah that's true she should be familiar yeah no fun zone says football sucks. I, I hear you. Well, uh, yeah. um, one, we gotta we gotta entertain it. We once love again. you. You're Thanks. very special. Thanks for supporting the show, John Smith. I would love to hear Chanks. Oh, I forgot about him. Take on billionaires fortifying the election to ensure Trump was pushed out. He's been the biggest proponent on getting money out of politics. Much love. Yeah, really. What does he say now? I would actually hope that Jenk would be. Cenk? He would I don't come know out. How to say it. I don't know. Jenk, chunk, whatever. Uh, that he would come out on principle. By the way, Jenk follows me on Twitter. All right. It's like one that of my. so weird. Of all the. There's a select few people who I'm very proud to have follow me. Jenk is one of them. I don't follow him back because fuck that guy. But he follows me. I'm very proud of it. Uh, but yeah, I, he cares so much about money and politics and this sort of. Um, exactly this. Like a, the idea that a cabal of wealthy high influence people would organize to get a particular election outcome. That's exactly what he rails against. I, I don't know if he's talked about this, but I, I would be willing to bet he might actually stand on principle on that one. And I know he's not a huge Biden Maybe, guy. He's yeah. like a Bernie guy. So he might be like, listen, this is a problem. Even if it produced the ousting of the guy that I hate Donald Trump. So I, because Jen cares about that issue so much, I actually think he might have kind of a sensible answer on that one. Um, let me maybe open this. Sorry. I'm going to have to reload. Uh, uh, yeah, you... I got it. Frosty flake says, see Trevor Loudon. Uh, I always thought it was Epic times, but it's epoch times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Loudon on Wuhan university GIS computer science operation with us Maoist operating various, various Maoist groups with fluffy bunny names, rigging with CCP dollars and Zuck dollar sign, dollar sign. I don't know. All I, well, if you, if you think that there was uh, some sort of organized conspiracy between American actors and the Chinese Communist Party to overthrow the integrity of the American election system or otherwise install chaos into the American populace, first of all, Susan, I disavow. But off the record, I'm listening. I, I that's some, That stuff to me isn't tinfoily at all. All the pieces are there. And you have so many connections between the Chinese Communist Party and the Democrat Party. Diane no. Feinstein, Eric Swalwell, Joe Biden. There are several. Is it beyond reason to think that these that these people would suddenly be ethically opposed to conspiring with the Chinese the Chinese communists to get an electoral outcome that they wanted? What, what other moral lines do they have? There are none. Uh, uh, I think there was a lot of that going on, yeah. but of course I can never prove it, and it was not definitive in any way. <sighs> <laughs> 
just, it's the lipstick on the collar. You just got to look at, at the information that we have. I'm so sick of this. We have to qualify everything we say all the time. Why? Well, you, you can't say the lipstick on the collar was definitive proof of infidelity. <laughs> it might've just been shade testing. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're thinking, okay, if I were to make out with a married man and get a little bit on his collar, what would it look like if that happened? And then just two friends wanted to test. Yeah. Yeah. He was just consoling some hookers. Okay. Yes. Uh, Eric Nervik, have you guys read anything about the Spanish Civil War? Some parallels are chilling like arbitrary government power and left wing street violence being permitted by authorities. There are a lot of historical similarities uh, between what's going on right now and a variety of historic <laughs> historical events like what happened in the Soviet Union. We're seeing a lot of that, too. Hmm. Um, you know, history repeats itself. Nobody has any knowledge of historical events that's in government, it seems. That's what one thing that we can. Or maybe they have on. total knowledge and they're trying to pursue those same. Outcomes. That's true. I have yeah. gotten myself into some trouble by underestimating the cunning of the left before. Well, and if this if this time report is even half true, yeah. the level of organization. And by the way, uh, credit where due, but I don't mean that as praise. I mean it as kind of a bad thing. The level of foresight that was shown, if that time report is true, is pretty impressive. The ability to see the next step. You want to talk about 4D chess? If that's accurate, that kind of was 4D chess playing out. Well, not really if they they created the pandemic. Well, well, if that's part of the piece, if that piece is part of the overall plan, that's even more impressive. But it was obvious by by 2016 that they were going to need to do this. Well, yeah, I definitely believe... uh, mid-November 2016, they're sitting down and thinking of how to stop this the next time around. And nobody at DNC headquarters at the time was saying, I've got a plan. How about we go to Wisconsin and persuade working class people to vote for us honestly? That was never mm-hmm. discussed. That was never in the in the works. The plan was how can we ensure, guarantee that this never happens to us again? Excedrin says Wall Street and their bot... Bro- I'm, I'm so illiterate I, I cannot read at this time like the screen is blinding me um there and their bought politicians conspired in the shallow, shadows to steer an election to a desired outcome this is my shocked face i've also never cared less about the super bowl than i do right now me neither and i've never cared about it at all so that's, that's true for me too we did um i like putting prop bets on the game too you know you like make weird bets about what color the gatorade will be and stuff like that yeah. and that's always i think we missed every single one this year though really i, don't think I hit a single bet Hmm. Actually, what color was the Gatorade? Because I did red. Oh my god, it was blue. Son of a bitch. Uh, Lazarus Rex. That's what they're reporting, at least on Twitter. That's what they're. I can't believe anything reported. Uh, remember when all you needed to be considered interfering with an election was a dozen or so Russians? Ooh, I lost my place. A dozen or so Russians buying a few thousand dollars of online ad space. Yeah, yeah that's those right. were the days. Incompetent hands. Tampa wins the cup, goes to the World Series and wins the Super Bowl at home. This had to be the year everyone agreed with Blonde that sports are gay. Not mad at Blonde. I'm mad that she's right. I'm always right. Yeah. Except for when I was worried about coronavirus. I was wrong then. Uh, Temper it wasn't Ad long, Millie though. Went. It was brief. Two weeks, I think. Yeah. Uh, Cabal Gate. This is how the USSR took over East Europe after World War II. Only question is what to do about it. Start by sending the Time article to everyone who voted for Biden. Do something it matters. I don't know. Hmm. Take care of your family. Yeah. 
start as locally as possible. Yep. Brett Kester says, Utan here. Zion is whack. Real homies vacation at Skinwalker Ranch, the Dream Mines or Area 52. I will say in defense of Zion, I got to go through there on a weekday in November. I'm told that it's pretty chaotic there in the summer. But there was almost nobody in there when we went in, which was awesome. Really? But yeah, there were there was not a lot of people there. So uh, I don't even I, I don't know much about uh, the rest of these places. What's Area 52? The other secret site. <laughs> I didn't know there was one. I, why is it secret? Is there alien stuff stored there or what? I'll have to look into it. Hmm. But it, oh, it says southeast of a city in Nevada. So it is in Utah. By the way, the last thing I'll say on that is, um, isn't that the weirdest? Uh, denonym is the term, right? A term for a person from a place or what the name of a person from a place is. I actually don't know. Utah is the most awkward one in the country. Idahoan is kind of awkward, too, though. Utah. Utah. Yeah. That's a weird one. Sarlacc. Stop saying racism isn't a problem. Racism is absolutely a problem. It's just directed at white people who don't bend the knee. I think we're doing a lot of bending the knee these days. Not enough. Not yeah, enough really. honky crack whip. Yeah. It's fine. I, once we get out of here, I'll have my hour of daily flogging for my, for my whiteness. <laughs> Pip Chat Noir says, Surrender Monkey, legend has it, it that during the Na Napoleonic Wars, a shipwrecked monkey was hanged by the people of Hartlepool, mm. believing it to be a French spy today. People from Hartlepool are known as monkey hangers. Is that true? This is an actual term. Cheese eating surrender monkeys, sometimes shortened to surrender monkeys, is a pejorative term for French people. Right. That's what it means. It was coined in 1995 a, uh, by a, a writer for The Simpsons. So it's actually a Simpsons bit. Really? Yes. Deep Center Field Press. Remember, David Dorn died so that Democrats could win the cabal plus nine names. Pamela Carlin, impeachment lawyer, DOJ, civil rights under Biden. Steve Schmidt, Bill Clinton, David Plouffe, Susan Rice, Link, mm. is in that super chat. Um, thank you, Deep Center Field Press. Mount Hood says, you can now be drummed out of the Air Force for eating at a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> oh, the there was speaking of i appreciate that i saw a i think it's fake i believe it to be fake otherwise i would have shown it on the show it was allegedly a tweet from the verified kfc account uh purporting to be celebrating black history month i thought mm. there is there's no way that this nope, is real no, it can't be real and uh, i have not seen evidence that it is but it looked very convincing <laughs> it looked very convincing you know um speaking Maybe. of Chicken uh, companies getting into the marketing game. Did you see Popeyes was giving away free tendies by using the like the the code of the GameStop ticker symbol? Really? GameStop stock, GameStonk. You know, yeah. If you put in if in their app, if you put in the promo code dollar sign GME or whatever it was, free tendies with a five dollar purchase. Purchase. Wow. So good. They for, have uh, the finest chicken sandwich, spicy chicken sandwich. Um, I didn't have the spicy. I think I had the regular, and it was okay. I would put Chick-fil-A higher personally, but I you know what's better just, than the Chick-fil-A. You know, what we just got in town. That's like a Texas um, chain, apparently. And now they're in mm -hmm. Bozeman for some reason is a, is called super chicks mm -hmm. really solid. And it, they have frozen custard too. It's, it's like chicken, really? like Chick-fil-A and frozen custard. And it's pretty oh, solid. Man. So if, I don't know if people know super chicks, but I was, I was generally impressed. <laughs> Esoteric unbound. When Democrats go looking for dangerous extremists, they don't look at BLM or Antifa. They look at an organization where everyone has literally pledged to protect and defend the Constitution of the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. 
which Chat. coincidentally is also supposed to be the oath of the military in general. I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Chat H. Uh, search. Sicknick murder investigation likely didn't die from injuries. Investigators can't find squat supporting this. And this is the precedent for all the crazy vetting BOA capital fence is. Yes. If you learn more, if anybody learns more. Somebody I, sent me a link of the uh, video and I did not watch it. Uh, I should have. Um, claiming uh, to show what? Like a beating or something? Yeah. Okay, if there if there's video out there, I definitely want to see it. I'll send I'll send it to you. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, um, I want to know what happens. It's not like a this isn't like a rhetorical thing. I want to know what happened to that guy, and I find it very strange that there are definitive claims made about his death with absolutely zero substantiation other than the Capitol Police statement. And I'm not saying you should or shouldn't trust the Capitol Police. I'm just saying it's weird with all the cameras that were rolling that day that there's nothing no tangible evidence for us to look at unless this video is showing something, but I, I, I haven't heard, I haven't seen any video circulating or heard any claims of that. I got a link, but I have not yet watched it. Sorry, dude. Hmm. He went out of his way to send it to me and I was like, I'll watch this right now. And then I didn't do it. Um, Das Pooch consequences of swamp politics and pushing CRT in the military is something Jason and Spock and Nick Cole portray in their military sci-fi book, Galaxy's Edge. Highly recommend for right-wingers. Mm. Okay. Thank you. Jason Mishansky. Is that right? Um, who do you think the Republican Party will nominate to go against Kamala in 2024? I don't know. She's, she's going to have multiple terms. <laughs> we'll see. If they're smart, uh, someone like Rand Paul. If they're dumb, someone like... Uh, I don't know, like Liz Cheney or even yeah. I think even Mike Pence is kind of a dumb pick, but I could see yeah. that happening. Boom. Jack DSN says gay <laughs> laser Thank 47 you. video suggestion. Blonde reacts to tomboy. Okay to be gay. It's okay to be gay. Uncensored version. Ugh. I don't know that one. I don't know what that is. I don't know either, but it sounds like I would hate it. I got to reload. Okay. Gary Christensen join the stream late. So I don't know if it's been mentioned yet, but are those new microphones? I don't know how to say this. They look kind of inappropriate adult content, if you know what I mean. No, they're not new. They're the same. They're the same mics we've been running this whole time. Although some, I guess every once in a while you have that like ultra that angle on it, like the particular angle that's that it is right now makes it look elongated. Let's put it that way. But yes, I, you know, I'm surprised. No, do I want to mention this? Are you related to this person? No, but I've mentioned before I had a, a there was a family member in my family by that name who w- like was a criminal. So it's just kind of it's kind of interesting. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, as far he as didn't what I, do something that bad, though, as far as I remember. No, he did. He like shot a cop. It was. Oh, oh, never mind. Something yeah. really bad. Yeah, I got it was really bad. <laughs> the opposite. opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I think the cop lived. I don't remember. Uh, but as far as the uh, I, 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 I guess. What I was going to mention is I'm surprised I have not seen as many pieces of phallic art done up of us given these microphones well you don't look on 4chan enough then Uh, yeah there's probably there's probably some stuff uh last one is brett kester if utan utan how do you say that i think it's utan utan is bad utan utan oh it's 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 spelled ut i I didn't make that connection it's spelled u-t-a-h-n it's just utah with an n yeah oh i thought it was utah n Utah. No, not Utah N. Did Utah. I say Utah last time? Yeah, I thought you were just joking. <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm just really dumb apparently. It, it's it's so weird looking that yeah. it didn't even register as it's also not capitalized, Brett. 
Oh, that's why. That's definitely why. It's definitely no. I was thinking it was some kind of like national park or something like that. No, no, yeah, that doesn't even register. That means as, someone from Utah. It's yeah. not Utahan. Nope, Utahn. That's retarded. I hate yeah. it. Imagine how bad residents of Tampa, Tampa feel. What are they? Are they Tampin? Tampins. Tampins. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Don't be a bloody Tampin. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we going to uh, end last, on that note? That's the last one. Last one, Phil says, what happens if during the, um, what happens if during the military purges, they come across some actual white supremacists who joined specifically so they could kill Iranians, Syrians, and Palestinians? Uh, is that acceptable to our overlords? I don't, maybe, I don't know. That's going to be a real, uh, it's going to be a real predicament for them to solve. That's, that's a, that's a tough one. All right. We are all finished up. I wish, um, Listen, I'm going to have to check what happened with DLive. I, I apologize to you guys that I wasn't able to get the stream on DLive tonight. For all I know, they banned us. Normally, I'd like Maybe. to interact. Oh, I should say sorry to our Trovo people. I don't mean to uh, to ignore you guys either. Chubby Stubby, Darth Jones, C2K77. Thank you guys for supporting the show over on um trovo and we'll see what's going on with DLive. I have no idea. Maybe Maybe it's coming back. Maybe they decided to finally kill us off. Who knows? Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can look into it, but I probably won't put that much effort into it because DLive hates us and they already gave us the finger. Anyway, thanks for hanging out with us tonight, guys. Appreciate your patience with the delayed start for the second week in a row, although this one was intentional. Next week, we'll be back on time. That is on the time. intent, at least. Um, and uh, appreciate uh, Matt Palumbo for, for joining us as well. BonginoReport.com if you want to check out his work and his new book, Dumb and Dumber, How Cuomo and de Blasio Ruined New York is available now. I'll link that if you want to check it out. Um, if you're looking for more of the show, you need more to listen to. We got tons of stuff up, stuff up on the audio platforms. You can listen back to the Colin show, extra interviews, blondes interviews that she's been doing are up there. They're all linked in the description and on the website. And uh, other than that, um, everything else is on the website as well. MattChristensenMedia.com, including a new merch shop. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday... Sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It's the Matt and Blonde Show. We'll see you later.